Welcome to Level Sync, a Final Fantasy XI podcast with your hosts, DA Soccer, Caladrius, Lost Time Lord, and Quetch. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Level Sync, a Final Fantasy XI Horizon podcast. The normal crew is here. We got a wonderful treat for you guys today. A little bit of a long episode. But we have uh, not just one, not two, but three guests that are going to be on. They're going to be following up right after we get to what we've been up to. But let me introduce our wonderful hosts, myself, DA. But we have good old Icy Caladrius, the wonderful paladin, slash now I'm a bard. Slash now I'm a warrior. Slash now he's a warrior, yeah. Just following my footsteps now. I'll give you my trash gear. Yeah, but he's actually... Yeah, I know. Good. He's geared. He's good. geared. Shut, shut so he, he, up. He's, he's good. <laughs> does, does he use macros? That's my question. Yeah, he does. And, and Lua's. He has a Lua. Yeah. Gentlemen, gentlemen, already <laughs> trashing me. We're 30 <laughs> seconds in. Next up, we have our lost Time Lord, future best black, uh, I was going to say black mage, blue yeah. mage. I'm lovely uh, black mage right now, actually. So yeah, future best black mage, too. Uh, foresight. Foresight on that. Yeah. yeah. It's your fucking 10 ply, bud. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, the dra future Dragoon. I don't know how that's going. Hopefully we can get caught up on that as well. Our yep. wonderful former thief on here, Quetch. What's up, y'all? Awesome. So again, long broadcast we have today. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful lot of insight on here. But first off, Quetch, what have you been up to? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Dragoon. I, I actually, so it took me a couple weeks, but I got my Samurai sub up to 37. So, yeah. So, uh, basically, I was kind of dreading it because, like, there's a few, like, DD jobs in the game I just don't have any interest in, and Samurai is one of them. Like, I know a lot of people love it, but uh, I don't know, just the whole, like, um, job fantasy of it doesn't really appeal to me. So it kind of took me a while, but I didn't want to touch Dragoon again until Samurai was 37 so I could just, you know, get rid of that uh, gear. But uh, yeah, I, I basically I got to the 35 and then yesterday's Eco Warrior kicked me up to 37. Um, you guys been using your Eco Warrior on your low level jobs or how, how have you guys been using your Eco Warrior? I'm actually curious how other people are using it. Oh, I got my Ninja to 37, my Red Mage to 37. I've been using it on my black mage which i just mentioned that i've been leveling um i haven't done it this week yet but yeah i've been using it to level basically just my subs to make sure they're ready next one will be thief oh, i've been using oh i use it on my warrior for a little bit uh because i want to have warrior and thief and i've already got my red mage leveled up for when blue mage comes out that's how this galco levels white mage all right <laughs> purely with eco warrior yes purely with eco warrior i have not touched that job and it's 30 30 as of tonight um yeah I, i'll get to mind in a minute because eco warriors are made part of okay. what i want to discuss about what i've been doing on there but no eco warrior is a must and i recommend end of the week or beginning of the week during the meat part of the week it seems pretty quiet for people shouting for it but people trying to be like oh shit we need to do it and the people that are like, it just opened back up. Let's get a free XP. Yeah. So it's usually right around that Sunday, day before, day after. Usually easy invites. Just walk in, throw your flag up. Well, uninvited guests that Cal and I have been doing every week is pretty good, too. Because while it's not guaranteed that you get an XP scroll, um, it's a pretty better than average chance that you'll get an XP scroll. Um, we did it yesterday, right, Cal? And um, 
I was able to use it on my Black Mage, and I got close to 3k XP, and Cal used it, and he got over 3k XP. So it's another nice little thing. And if it's just you and one other person going and doing that, um, I mean, how long did it take us yesterday? 45 seconds to kill the Mammoth? Yeah, about that. It's one of the easiest fucking ENMs there is. And all it requires is just um, getting the key item from uh, Justinius in Tavnasia. The hardest part is, and it's not even hard, but you have to farm up those giant scales. You need to have mm -hmm. some giant yeah. scales to get through the, the portals in Reverne B. But the hardest part is getting, you know, and like I said, it's not even hard, but getting through Reverne B to the Monarch Lin um, BC. And then once you're there, the fight is just, uh, if it's just two people, um, it's a single mammoth. And with me being on Summoner and Cal being on literally anything, we found out that yesterday even his 67 Warrior was helpful. Um, I just send in Ifrit or Ramu, and they tank, he does damage, and it dies within like 30 seconds. Let's go back to Justinius, turn it in. You have a chance for an Assault Breastplate, which is a very low okay. chance, um, which sells for a lot. Um, millions or millions, I don't even know. I've not seen one for sale for a long time. Um, but like I said, you have a pretty decent chance at getting an XP scroll. Um, so you should look into doing that every week if you're not already doing it. Have you guys um, been doing Ravern War along with that? No, I feel like an idiot because uh -huh. there's the one where you can just pick up the thing right outside of the Monarch Lin yeah. thing and you get that done too. It's a free, yeah, I know, it's I'm a an free idiot. EXP scroll every single time you go to uninvite a guest. Yeah, I'm an idiot for not doing it. We'll yeah. have it ready for next week. Oh, wow. But, uh, what yeah. else you... Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, what else you got on the uh, play question? Because yeah. it sounds like I'm missing out on some XP. I haven't done uninvited guests yet, but I love you guys' insight on that. I wonder where you need to be to do uninvited guests in COP. Oh, don't rub it in. You... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it is a, well, it is a COP lock thing. I just don't remember how far along you have to be. It, it My COP static be... starts Friday. Oh, nice. Sick. I think you probably have to be past the Ravern Site B uh, part of COP, I think. Yeah. Because and... there's that fight yeah. in there. The Mammoth fight. I think once you're past... Yeah, I think once you're past the Mammoths, that unlocks. I think. Probably. Don't quote me on yeah. that, but I think. <laughs> let us know in the comments just... below. Yeah, let us know. Um, but yeah, so I finished Samurai, so I finally took Dragoon out. It had been sitting at 63 for a bit, because I'm like, 63 is like the prime, you know, the, the prime, like, Sky EXP time. Burns. Yeah, and, um, so, uh, I, I went out there on 63 Dragoon slash Sam, and I'll tell you, it feels so snappy. Having, um, Hasso and, um, Meditate, it just, like, two-handed DDs with that sub-job, man, it just feels like a breeze. You're just always weapon skilling when you want to. Um, you're attacking nice and fast from Hasso. It just felt really good. I will say I would probably go slash Nin or slash Thief to the next one because I was just taking hate too often for my cooldowns on high jump and super jump. And it's just like it was pushing out nice damage. But man, we had a Taru summoner main healer. Um, it was like a summoner, bard, paladin, and two dragoons and a beast. And like that, that Taru, man, they were just curing nonstop for... The entire like hour and a half we were out there exping, and I'm just like I could I could mitigate a little bit of damage here, <laughs> help this guy out. That's what Cal and I were talking about a, a few episodes ago, where he just goes out there. All the paladin is is first folk and an extra yeah. heal. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. um so yeah, just uh I mean that's that's basically the, the gist of what I've been up to, other than like end game stuff and whatnot. Anything spectacular in game? Our LS killed our second team at. Okay, that, that's that's noteworthy, man. Hey. I haven't killed a single god like that, so I mean, or what is it, H and M? So no, that's good. I mean, you get yeah. anything good out of it? No. 
He's like, that's why it wasn't noteworthy. <laughs> two, two, two kills, no Herald's Gators. Uh, we did get the Noritsune Kote. It's like accuracy plus 10 in the hand slot for like Monk, Nin, Sam. But I, I don't, I didn't look too specifically into it, but I'm pretty sure that that's not a good, not good. piece. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Yeah. So when, when we were killing it, it was like our giveaway piece. Like, oh, do you want it? Okay, whatever. Nobody really wants that. The only reason yeah. you kill fucking Tiamat is for those booties. Yeah, and we're owing two, so maybe one day. When are you guys gonna when you guys gonna put in your actual work and kill Jormy? You know, I'd like to. You know, we have a number of dragoons in the LS now, so you know, it's it it'd be a thing. I'd like to try it because that, that zone's a little bit harder. You've got all those ads to deal with. Um Yep, you kinda yeah, need an day. ad alliance. Yeah. yeah. And we and we had the numbers so uh for Tiamat, so we'd like we had basically I don't know, uh, 12 in the outside alliance. Uh, probably more like 14. So I think I think we'd have a better shot at it than our first time. Awesome. Look forward to it. Especially, you'll you'll bring that up uh, when you get that kill. Your first kill. Your first Jormy. You're going to make that known. So I'm looking oh, forward yeah, to 100%. that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, H&Ms, uh, Lost Time Lord, what you been up to? Not H&Ms. <laughs> what? Um... <laughs> Okay, no, what you been up to? I haven't been doing H&M's for a while. Um, I've been sick, as you can hear from my voice. Um, went to Seattle last week, and, you know, I don't like to talk about things outside of Final Fantasy XI on this podcast, but fuck SeaTac Airport. Um, worst airport in the nation. Absolutely horrible. Um, anyways, uh, what I've been up to is um, leveling my Black Mage now. I'm at 30-something. I don't even remember um that and doing lots of uh limbus uh every week and obviously the dynamis stuff um nothing really too exciting outside of those things um trying to work on the uh the h&m scene got a little thing brewing but uh we'll see how that goes okay so it's just just in the in the oven right now nothing's come out yeah something we got something bacon okay what about the oven Speaking of bun in the oven, <laughs> I see what you've been up to. First of all, fuck you. <laughs> Secondly, um, I leveled war from 37 to 67 in three days. Damn, dude. God. So that's that's been fun. I'm enjoying it. I don't have any job that actually does damage. I'm a paladin and a bard. So Were you like in a static or was that all just enjoy. LFP? No. No, we had a static for a couple of times, but okay. most of it was just LFP. Like, it's fun. I like it. Um, I did Divine Might finally. That was nice. that was fun. Got my earring, and just Dinah and Eco Warrior, and I joined a Limbus static. So that's been that's been fun too. Been doing that on Sundays. So. I killed got his much. first uh, Omega kill the other day. Or, yeah, we killed Omega, yeah, Omega last yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Awesome. Is that that Progress. 10 a.m. thing you guys were talking about? Yeah. 10 a.m. on Sunday? Well, 10 for him, 9 for me. But yeah. That's that's dedication. <laughs> that's Red Bull and nicotine is what that is. <laughs> and running with our friends who are European. That's what that is. Ah, that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, keep up the progress. Uh, you said Divine Might, you got your earring. Which earring did you get? I took the Great X, the the warrior ring. Uh, what is it? The Bushinomimi? Is that it? 
think so. I think so. Yeah, I don't remember Bushi, which one it is. Bushi is that one. The Supa is the one with great katana. Yeah. Right? It used to have sword on it. Katana, but it dagger, evasion, I think, is on it right now. That's why we've lost yeah. Jeopardy, guys. Bushi is the one that has GKT, I think. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, that's it. There's the Supa, Busho, Beastly, um... Nightly? I think the Night Earring is what... I don't remember, but yeah. Um, the oft-forgotten earring. Whatever the fourth one right? is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, took yeah. the... Uh, I did that. I took the Beastly one when I chose mine, because it's got the that accuracy on Oh. Um, for myself, I've been working on sub chops. Um, I got my white mage from 17 to 36, and the party disbanded 2k from 37. So that's going to be Eco Warrior. I've been living off Eco Warrior. In fact, living off of it, my uh, black mage went from 17 to 32 just on Eco Warrior over the past couple months. Just constantly running it now i'm like okay let me get I, I wanted to get it to the part where i can join a burn party because i've always heard good things about them and i've never done a burn party so today i was like let me go ahead and hop on it i got it to like 36 and in just a regular party and was practicing magic bursting and i had my magic burst list up beside me so i could practice since i've never been a black mage i got the tank the paladin i've got the warrior dps and now i wanted a caster the only thing i'm i wanted to take black mage up but Summoner's teasing me. I'm not going to do Red Mage. I need to get to 37. My White Mage needs to get to 37, but it's either going to be Summoner or Black Mage to 75. I'm leaning towards Black right now, but we'll see. But Paladin is now 75 officially. Cal gave me his hand-me-down gear. I look like an actual tank. Um, I did get the Knowing Hands. They're pronounced Knowing. I'm going to ask so many pronunciations on this now. Koenig. Koenig? Koenig. 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 Sure, those hands. I got those <laughs> we hands. We all three gave different... Uh, yeah, I know. Me. I'm just going to not be like, yeah, those. Uh, yeah. Mine's right. Mine's right. It's Koenig. <laughs> Trust me. So I got those. I uh, haven't done any events on my Paladin just yet. My COP static starts as of Friday. I'm going to be missing... I did get my uh, Lucidian Glacier Dynamis win. Um, I'm going to be skipping my first Zarkabard um, just to be able to start the COP because I'm tired of being harassed when I come on this podcast. So, DA, oh. I wanna, I'm, I'm not going to further harass you. I'm actually going to give you some advice. Um, yes, sir. As someone who's been leveling Black Mage as well. Mm -hmm. And this helps even if you're not Black Mage, but if you're just doing it, like if you're just like skill chaining. Okay. The Chains add-on, which was um, created by um, Nerf, who's in Tech Cafe and a couple of other people, is an amazing add-on. So what it does is, um, and it's approved, you can use it in Horizon. Mm -hmm. What it does is it puts a little box on your screen. And when somebody uses a weapon skill, the little box pops up and it shows you what weapon skill was used, the timer on how long uh, you have until the, the weapon skill or the skill chain opportunity closes. And based on what weapon you have equipped, it shows you what weapon skills you can use and what skill chain it will create. But the reason why I'm telling you, because you're as a black mage, mm -hmm. Once the second one gets used and they actually make a skill chain, it shows you what skill chain has been used, gives you a countdown timer for Black Mage to start casting your spell, and then tells you which spells like you can cast to get a, a skill chain, or a magic burst, rather. That sounds absolutely amazing. I it can is. definitely use that. 
My last question, though, is, is it on Windower? Oh, right. You use Windower. Um, I don't know if I don't I don't know, but I'm sure I'm, Windower has one. There is one for Windower. I used to use it. I'm not sure how the approved add-ons, if there's an approved add-on section for Windower in the on the Horizon website, but that does exist if if you want it. I'm thinking about teetering back into Ishida, uh, mainly because there's two spots in Sky and one spot in uh, the jungle that if I go near, I have a 50% chance of just hard locking and DCing and my window closes because my HD pack. And also Mordian. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can't go to jail. That, that's true. That, that's <laughs> the only reason I keep it. <laughs> but any, anything else anybody else has to be able to throw in for what we've been up to? All mm-hmm. right. Well, let's get on over to the a podcast episode of the three guests we have on here. Um, it's going to be, like I said, a nice thick one, uh, and it's going to be, uh, I would say, a very detail-oriented. Uh, it's for all the people that would like the back-end kind of stuff. We've been asking questions in our Discord um, for certain reasons, a.k.a. we've been using those questions to be able to ask and influence uh, the developers and some of the people we're going to be talking to here in a few moments. But I've Thank you for coming out, and please enjoy this episode. This one's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Make sure you stick around and check it out. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome to our wonderful broadcast with three back-end coders here. And I want to be able to kind of point specifically each one of them out and what they are up to on this, or what they do in the Final Fantasy Horizon community. We have Demarius. What's going on? We have Hookster. Yes, sir. And we got Shizuki. Did I say that right? Well, you can, we can just uh, cut it to Shozo. Like, Shozo. We'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, but, but yeah, what's up? <laughs> we're good. Perfect. We we have, we if you were in our Horizon actual uh, level sync Discord, we've been asking for a week or two now for community questions or anything for these three specific guys. But we're going to have a good time finding out that kind of the background, what they've been working on, and what maybe some things that are coming down the pipes. But the typical question we always ask anybody that's coming on for an interview, and we got to start it off that way, is how did you get started with coding for 11 on the private server, as well as your history with Final Fantasy 11? So let's just start with Damaris. All right. So uh, I started, oh, sorry, I've been playing Final Fantasy 11 since not long after the North America release. So I started way back in whenever in cop era played nonstop right up until Abyssy. So which was sort of what a lot of us consider the downfall past 75 era, right? So, um, but as far as coding, uh, I only got into playing private servers just over a year and a half ago now. I started on Wings um, and I got into coding because of one of our um, one of our staff, Critical, uh, who's now left the team. Um, but uh, she had a live stream going one night where she was fixing a bunch of bugs in rapid succession. And I started watching it and I ran into a couple of problems. And I'll tell you specifically, um, Diablo's fight, the nightmare, um, uh, sorry, the waking dreams and uh, whatever the one for the cop mission is realizing things like the floor tiles not falling away was irritating the snot out of me. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to fix this. And that's where I started. A little bit of um, database fixes, followed by uh, some minor Lua changes and eventually having to recode everything so that Nightmare would actually work properly with Diablos. And that's what got me started. And here I am now. Awesome. Thank you for fixing that before I even make it to it in COP. I appreciate that. Fully welcome. It's hard as hell now. 
Perfect. What about you, Hookstar? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, so, like, like Damara said, um, I started shortly after the, the NA launch. Um, I was actually late to all the Final Fantasy games. Um, at the time, I just joined the Army, and I was in Afghanistan when it came out. And one of my buddies was like, dude, you got to get on Final Fantasy X for PlayStation 2. And I was like, what's this garbage? You know, I've been playing, like, Red Alert 2 was my jam and Counter-Strike, like the old Counter-Strike, not the, you know, the CSGO, CSGO or anything like that. Yeah, none of that. This was like the old school, like uh, world OGL. You know, we were ranked second in the world. My clan was for a while, you know, so that was like my bread and butter. And I was like, man, I don't want, I want to play this, right? And he's like, dude, just give it an hour or two. So I was like, all right. So I played 10. I was like, oh my God, this storyline is amazing, right? So that kind of got me into the Final Fantasy realm, right? And then, um, of course, if you remember the PlayStation 2, when you bought it, it came with the hard drive, right? So I was actually in Afghanistan and I bought it um, and my wife shipped it to me, not realizing that it was an online game, right? And obviously oh, <laughs> you didn't no. have internet in Afghanistan, <laughs> right? So I was about six months or so behind, um, you know. So anyway, so I started playing, immediately got hooked. I mean, I had, I remember having the, I mean, flat screens weren't really a thing then, right? So I had this big TV and my PlayStation laid out on the floor cords everywhere you know and i'm sitting there on my couch playing it you know or whatever and i just turned 21 so i started drinking some beers you know and whatever right and just i mean two three o'clock in the morning all the time right um up until about abyssia right so started working through that um you know and then you know life happened you know had a couple kids things like that you know so it kind of like around 2009 or so and i became a drill sergeant early is when <laughs> i couldn't play anymore because i was at work at 3 a.m. and getting home at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., you know. Um, so it took a few year hiatus. Got back on here and there occasionally, you know. And then in 2000, I don't know, 15, 14, somewhere around there, I saw like on YouTube one day, I was like watching like um, all the Vesta videos, right? Because that was my jam, right? Like uh, he's the reason I chose Red Mage, he or she, whoever it was. Greatest Red Mage, right? Oh my God. Yeah. It was yeah. incredible the stuff that that dude was able to do right so i got back on got you know red mage you know leveled whatever whatever and anyway so i digress uh so I, I was looking around on youtube one night and i saw project xi and i was like what is this like and this dude is just whapping fafnir i mean granted it was for one hit right or one damage right but i was like oh that's possible started looking around found what used to be dark star project right dsp um and then found some servers, saw their, you know, some private servers. I was like, cool, because I was broke. I mean, Bud Light and Ramen Noodle broke. <laughs> like, 21 you know what I mean? broke. Yeah, well, no, I was, <laughs> I was probably 27, 28, but I just okay. gone through a divorce and, oh. you know, you know, all that stuff, right? So anyway, we won't go yeah. into that, right? Um, but uh, so I was like, oh, I can do this for free? Cool, right? So I hopped on a server, um, and then there was just obviously a ton of stuff broke. I mean, just... 2016 was, you know, it was the wild west, right? And, you know, just jumping through things and, you know, cheese and things. And I was just like, ah. And then so I started asking questions like, hey, what is this? What is, you know, how does this work? And, you know, you have to do this. And then one of my things that I remember telling the server owner at the time was like, hey, uh, you have a lot of things that are not being used. It was a 75 cap thing. I was like, you have a ton of stuff. What about if we make this huge quest line for mythics is what it was right and um you know but it was 
anyway, it, it was just a, a long thing. You had to do all the kings, and you know, it's just like this crazy quest, right? So that's really how I started in on it. Um, and then I had a little fun server for myself and a couple friends or whatever. Um, and then been on the private scene for I don't know since then, right? Just back and forth. Um, and then I guess last October I was again laying <laughs> in bed watching YouTube videos about Final Fantasy XI, right? Quetch come up every now and then, hey. you know, I'd see his shorts and things like that. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know? And, uh, anyway, I saw the horizon XI thing and I was like, oh, let me go look at this. I pulled phone out and I'm like, ah, anyway. So I reached out to, you know, the team or whatever and was like, Hey, um, you know, here's what I've done before. You know, I am by no means an expert at this. I mean, today I asked a pretty dumb question. Like, I don't know if you saw Damaris and it was, man, I don't know if it's Not these, dumb. um, I don't know if it was these kids that, uh, so I teach middle school now since I retired from the army. So I don't know if these kids are making me go dumb, right? but I asked the dumbest question possible today and felt like an idiot. Um, but anyway, uh, so not nearly as, as good as both of these gentlemen on here with me, but, um, you know, both these guys are invaluable to the team. Um, not only by their leadership and guidance, but you know, their technical skills as well. So still learning a lot from everybody. Um, you know, just grateful to be here, you know, and you guys are doing awesome work. Um, it really validates, you know, our work for you guys to be able to come out here and, you know, have an hour and a half, two hour podcast with folks. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Awesome. We, no we are pretty amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> That's going to be a tradition on here where we all take a drink at the same time. Yeah. Started I, I hung up my drinking shoes a little while ago, <laughs> so... <laughs> But, As did I, but I got a I got a diet Pepsi right here. I got a bottle of water. I got Nobody said it had to be alcohol. Yeah, I got a strawberry yeah. dreams ultra monster. I think you're okay. I, I, I got mean, some water. Beer, it's cider, but you know what? I'll take it. You got a Viking here. I've got cheers. a cider, so cheers. <laughs> but I, I need a Viking horn. Yeah. We just went yeah. to the Renaissance Festival in Maryland this past weekend. Amazing. I've been to one of those in a decade. Oh, they're so much fun. All right, we got one more here. It looks like he's uh, posting up and chilling on the beach. Shozu, talk to us. Give us a little background. Who are you? Where'd you come from? What do you do? Who's your daddy? Uh, it's Shozo. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to have to keep reminding <laughs> DA. Please. I, that's why I call Cat Cat instead of Ayane, because I fuck up her name all the time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I had started playing the game uh, at... After release, uh, my buddy and I, I think I'm one of the youngest people here, maybe besides Quetch. I think Quetch and I are the same age, but uh, I started in early 2005, just before Treasures released, and I was living large on the 56k modem um, all the way up until 2008, <laughs> the, the crux of living out in the sticks. But, um, but yeah, I, I made the great decision of uh of making dragoon my first 75 so it took me two years <laughs> same same but I'll uh, feel that. <laughs> but yeah uh sometime around 2010 2011 uh, i i ended up well because i was i was already real big into the the wow private server scene like i was i was working on scripts and 
AI stuff. Uh, Mangos was still pretty bad back then, so uh, most most of the work was figuring out how we make things not fall through the maps. But um, <laughs> from from there, a natural progression was like, okay, what's going on with the the Final Fantasy XI private server scene? And uh, at the time, uh, there, well, Hook kind of alluded to this already. Uh, Project XI was was going on, and uh, yeah, I, I was. I was a big follower then. I coded up some of the some of the early scripts for uh, Dragon Quest, uh, naturally because why not? Um, and then from there, uh, I pretty much quit until 2013 when uh, when my server got merged into Cerberus. Uh, and I just Abyssia wasn't wasn't it for me, so I I waited all the way until 20. 17 to to come back and then uh uh from that point my myself and a good good friend um built up a link shell together and we kind of kind of did all of the the modern modern content within the game so um really really that's about it as as far as that goes but uh how i actually got involved in uh, in Horizon was a buddy of mine from that link shell sent me some information. He's like, let's check this out. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But uh, I had been following kind of the the development for a, a while. So it's like, I don't, I don't know, maybe you should, maybe you should not be so expecting. Uh, but they got frustrated. So I was like, okay, let's get involved. Let's, let's make some fixes, see if everybody can, can be happy hands-on right yeah and, and can i add when he put his application in as a dev it was the first time because i managed a lot of the dev apps it was the first time somebody had put an app in and wasn't just like well i need to start somewhere i need to understand how quests work it was yeah i have this really cool idea to fix pathfinding and i'm like i'm looking <laughs> yeah. at the app and i'm going this guy is way ahead of where we we are like he's he's got and we were actually dealing with a problem with pathfinding at the time and we're like just just fucking make him a dev now that's like Damn. a great application do you mind working on mine <laughs> you write resumes <laughs> there you go well you brought up pathfinding i know we we kind of got a little bit of a background from everybody um we did post in again the uh discord about each one of your kind of topics that you've been working on lately uh speaking of pathfinding and uh, the navigation process on here uh show show did i get it yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> lost time, Lord. I'm horrible, dude. I'm horrible. Leave me alone. <laughs> How is this so hard for you? I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's I'm, one of my I'm amazed that you say my name right. I know we've known each other for seven years. No, seven I say years. LTL. I don't say Lost Time Lord because I'd probably say Lost Time God or something like that. You, <laughs> no, that would be more accurate to the <laughs> Roommate isn't out yet. Shut up. But I'm surprised that you can still say LTL correctly. Yeah. So. Speaking of pathfinding, a lot of changes have happened recently with the pathfinding that um, changes that occurred in 11. I know a lot of people uh, ran into some issues maybe in Dynamis and maybe pulling in Romav. Is it Rom I'm just going to worry about my pronunciations the entire time now. <laughs> Romave. 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 Yeah. Romave. So um, I uh, specifically, um, I see it as it was kind of like a anybody could pull anything from anywhere situation. And the seesaw kind of tipped a little bit to the other side where it's a little bit more difficult and some pulls are 
kind of problemsome. Um, but yeah. is there more balance on that? It's kind of being adjusted, looked into. What's your thoughts on the uh, development process of the pathfinding? So uh, it's a long and storied uh, problem. I, I think there have been five or six people over the course of just private server development in general who have tried to iterate on the system and make it better. Uh, I guess some of the stuff you're alluding to here recently is actually a separate system called the the line of sight system. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. when Horizon came online, uh, yeah, you could pull through walls, no problem. We didn't have any any way to check to make sure that uh, you could actually see your target. So uh, I think um, I had taken a break for a while uh, to work on some other stuff. And then when, when I came back, uh, another server, Eden, had put together this line of sight system. And our upstream repository, Landsand Boat, uh, had adopted that in to their, their core logic. So it seemed like a good time to go ahead and pull that system in and and start working working on it before we get to like a, a major patch release. Because like, yeah, I mean, people have been doing Dynamis for a while, um, like pretty successfully. So uh, there there are a few hiccups now, but you know we we're working it out. <laughs> Anytime you you adopt like a system or or make any changes to to things like pathfinding. Uh, the the sheer scope of potential testing that you have to do uh, to to fully vet a system is just almost impossible to uh, to be done within uh, an environment like ours. Like it, we can do you know seventy eighty percent very thorough testing on on some things, and then still when it hits live, oh man, uh, here's. 30, 30 edge cases that, that we missed. <laughs> yeah. So what's, you, you, you want to see what, shows those blood pressure grow up. You just mentioned the word packets. Oh. <laughs> um, so are we, are we, I, I want to get the official Horizon stance here, like from the devs. Are you satisfied with the way the line of sight stuff is working? No, because, not at all. Okay, because I was going to tell you, like, and I don't want to be a jerk. It, here, it is like, significantly it, a problem at the moment. It fucking sucks. Like real bad, <laughs> like real bad. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I love you guys, and you know that. But like, holy shit! Like at this point, like I'm I'm of the opinion that it might be better to revert that change um, until something better can be come up with. Because shit's broke. Like I'll let you speak. I'm sorry, but that's. I mean, there's a lot of folks unhappy with that. I'm in yeah. One of well. one of the one of the particular areas that that was uh, that people are are very unhappy with is Dynamis Juno. Uh, one of the problem, or well, one of many problems with it, is that uh, there there's an there's a bug in that system where the statue that's up on the uh, up above, the yeah. yeah. And he pulls can the see entire you. castle. Yeah, when you walk up the bridge. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, he can I've see you. There. Yeah. 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 Oh, he can technically oh, see you. Back, so. he runs back. LTL's like, oh no, he can see you. Oh yeah, you know he sees you. He, <laughs> he can confirm. Play with you. Yeah. And then, then it's just kind of a bum rush to see if you can you can handle the onslaught, <laughs> which is both a little bit funny and not so great. But uh, but yeah, we we actually have quite a few. Uh, quite a few bug updates that are that are going to be rolling out uh, within 
probably a week or two uh, regarding that system. So, so you should see Dynamics Juno get quite a bit better. Um, and then, like some of the some of the issues, like if you're out in the world, there are certain spots where where you can also technically you're supposed to be able to see, but uh, the mesh is a little bit off, so it it technically collides, and then you get okay. Now I have to like move around a little bit to to actually get a range attack to go or something. Uh, so there there's a lot of those small things that uh, that need to be cleaned up as well. So this next one's two part a little bit. Sorry, I don't mean to like just bust in here, but this is a particular subject that really interests me. Um, so kind of going back to what Da said, I know he mentioned Romave. Um, my next point is is twofold. So it involves pathing and line of sight. So like you guys are familiar with the the Moongate camp, right? You guys obviously is that yeah. what I'm talking about? Okay. So obviously, as you know, with the line of sight right now, like if I were to be standing where the mages typically stand, you guys know as soon as you walk in the door and you turn right before you go down the stairs, like the DDs are on the top of the stairs landing, and then the mm -hmm. you know the mages are around the corner by the door. So like, will the fix? And I mean, obviously, if you can't answer this, don't. But will the fix be so that like I can see across that gap because it makes sense in the real world that I'd be able to see across that gap? That's for question number one. And then question number two is then as you're pulling those mobs from the downstairs upstairs, and I know Cal lives this in his fucking nightmares, those things will drop all the way to the ground and come up and then drop all the way to the ground and come up as they try to go across that gap to the mage potentially, or even as they're coming upstairs, they're dropping down to hell and then coming back up through the floor. Um, are both of those things things that like are being worked on or looked at? So, so I'm going to talk a talk a little bit of uh, of the technical pieces of that, uh, and and why you see that why you see that behavior. So, first of all, uh, the line of sight system uh, and the navigation system alike, the 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 meshes that get generated are exported from the client's collision data. So, where your character can walk. Um, and fall down ledges and stuff that that's kind of that's kind of the baseline of um when we're when we're trying to figure out whether you can you can see something or not so the downside of this is that uh the client actually the client's collision meshes also some sometimes have uh walls like you're mentioning a gap specifically that gap likely has uh, an invisible wall in the collision data, which which would then prevent the line of sight. So uh, when I was mentioning that that there's a lot of things out in the world that we have to kind of manually clean up, that that's the process that I'm alluding to. Okay. Like if you should if you should be able to see across a gap like you would be able to on retail, then eventually it will get uh, it'll get taken care of. Okay. Cool. I mean, obviously, you know, because like. At this point, before we have more camps to go to, like the Moongate camp is pretty much one of the only merit spots, right? Um, we yeah. are at 75. So, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people have seen it, so I hope that I'm speaking for a lot of people's concerns, but like that's why I asked about that one. Well, yeah, we, we, can, we can certainly uh, take a note down here and, and look at that one specifically to help out. Uh, but but that's kind of the the explanation of of why that happens and and this falls into the edge cases that I was talking about before. Uh, 
there there are a lot of areas in the game e- even with the limited uh limited set of content that we have available on horizon like there there are a lot of areas a lot of a lot of little spots that uh can be problematic and uh just moving on to the second part of that question, navigation. So why do things do that? Because <laughs> it, it is not great. That that problem has been the bane of my existence for the better part of, of uh, 10, 12 months now. Okay. Um, so I'll tell you why it happens. The client itself controls where entities are. So... That means, uh, let's say you're on retail uh, and you're out in uh, with JM Woodlands or the Flow uh, tickets. You know, there's ledges you can fall down and stuff. Mm-hmm. That that detection is not actually done on the server side. Like the client completely says, okay, uh, if you are above the collision mesh here, you will not fall. But since we do not have access to kind of the same same types of pathing algorithms or how they set up their they they probably use an octree navigation system but i mean it's it's kind of hearsay <laughs> but uh if the server is even 0.0001 under what the client thinks uh an entity should be uh it'll fall through the floor so uh that's where uh, the pathing rewrite, and uh, we're that expanded into adding uh, adding collision detection into the server side process, and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's it's getting rather complicated, um, but we've been able to we've been able to kind of fix a lot of that. But there's still just a little bit. Uh, it the clients. The client's collision detection and uh, and how it determines whether whether things should drop or not is the bane of my existence, as I said. Oh, thank you for that answer. That was very amazingly thorough. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Seriously. Right now, as a uh, as a puller, it's like a bad movie of trimmers because you'll pull yeah. <laughs> and you'll be like, where the hell is it? And then all of a sudden, it just bursts out of the floor underneath you. <laughs> yeah, so that. Bad boy. that that goes a lot to you know not just horizon but all private servers Mm -hmm. right uh with that so you know there's there's kind of the jokes around it you know hey you 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 pull one it goes and you know to the abyss right and then hopefully it doesn't pull garbage citadel would be one you know you're up top with the uh with the beetles there right and it just drops down the floor right uh i'm sure shozo can tell you that one was probably a nightmare um but you know, at the same time, you kind of like just get used to it. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of, you know? Um, but yeah, at first you're like, where did it go? And then there's like six beetles and you're like, oh, dear God. You know? As a puller, you kind of get used to it because you know which ones when you pull them are going to do it. Right. So you know which well, the, ones are going to drop through the floor. The, the, the second part. I'm oh, sorry about that. Please go ahead. Uh, the second part of that is on the client side, because the server is so slow at sending uh, sending information and to the client, uh, like our, our server tick rate, and uh, it's even a little bit faster than retail's tick rate, uh, so, but 
it's all designed because the client can't handle that amount of data. Uh, there is a significant amount of um, interpolation. And if you're not familiar with what interpolation is, it's okay, I was here, um, but now I've just received an update that I'm over here and I need to figure out how to move there smoothly. So that interpolation is also subject to uh, that collision detection. So if your interpolated values between updates are, are even a little bit off as well, it'll fall through as well. So it is, it is a sadistic problem. Sounds like Frank and magic. <laughs> as, soon as, you magic. The, as soon as you said bane of the existence, <laughs> everyone smiled. Magic. Yeah. It's funny, but on, on that line, on that line, I was doing the Blue Mage thing, and I, I, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I was doing a Blue Mage fight, right? And uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, Frank, I was like, what's uh, what's up with this? Like, something with the Blue Magic. And he goes, oh, let me see your file. So, you know, I share a screen with him real quick. And he goes, oh, yeah, that needs to be xi.magic.something, something that they had rewritten it at some point, and I guess I hadn't rebased or whatever in that timeline. Um, so he's like, oh, I'll do them, and then I'll push them. You know, I was like, all right, cool. So he pushed real quick, you know, did the approval process, had a couple people look at it. We're like, all right, cool, push, right? And then I go, you know, I'm still going through, you know, do my quest or whatever, and I'm testing it out, and it didn't work. And, like, it kept blowing up my server. And I'm like, bro, what is this? Turns out there was, like, 300 other instances for, like, immunities, um, like, the physical aspect of it, you know, whether it's a physical Blue Mage spell. And so it's funny. He wrote, like, you know, Blue Mage or blue mage fixes or something like that and then immediately on top of it, it was like even more blue mage fixes <laughs> and it was just like uh or even more magic fixes or something like that i just i mean feel free to expand upon the blue mage <laughs> stuff no i mean i'm, I told oh, I'm you sure we'll get there no, i'm please, sure we'll get please, there please i'm sure <laughs> he we'll looks get there. so interested and then you were like even more blue mage fixes <laughs> and he looks so disappointed like no yeah, oh, my baby blue mage alone let it let it be good make sure that it has a mighty guard and um, <laughs> I can get my afterglow to Zona. I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> we can we can do by name players, can't we? Can't we? Please send me a, send me <laughs> all of the good stuff I want. No, I, no, I didn't say what it was. <laughs> but we oh, can do by name. By two. You know what? I'll take, I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances. Just roll the dice. Mm -hmm. That's gambling, so, baby. I hate to come on this podcast and say, you know this dickhead that we had on the podcast. <laughs> Classic. So I've, I've got a kind of generic question uh, to kind of help the, the, the viewer, the listener kind of get in the same headspace um, of all this stuff. And so, like, I know that Horizon has, like, some kind of proprietary black box for, for part of the server. But also there's, like, the open source portion of the code that people work on. And when I say ask a question like, um, like the Blue Mage stuff you were just working on, like, are we talking about the proprietary? Are we talking about the open source? Are we talking about something in between? And because oh, obviously all. I don't want I don't want people you know to be revealing like things about what Horizon wants to keep secret, but at the same time we're talking openly about changes to the code of the server. Yeah. So so almost all of those things they. Our, our baseline is always going to start with retail accurate, right? So w when we start our code base off of whatever Lansam boat is our sort of mothership of code, 
has. And Landsam Boat, their goal is to have a retail accurate emulator. And it, whatever retail looks like now, that's what they want to produce. Under and spawned from that is Air Sky Boat, which is that, but at the level or, um, 75 era timeline. So, you know, late Tau, um, early Wings of the Goddess sort of zone is where that cutoff is. And the idea is that we just take everything that's 75 era and we just create a module that overrides certain data from Landsambo to say, yeah, this was what the, the uh, crafting recipes look like. And this is how things were calculated at that point. We just override the content. That's the starting point. And like 95 plus percent of Horizon's code matches the retail era or what we try to go for retail area accuracy to start. And that's not to say that we're always going to stay at retail accuracy because we have era plus and the, the whole goal of era plus is not, well, let's just, you know, redesign everything for the heck of it. It's there was, there was debates over what we wanted to achieve. So that proprietary piece was in place initially for Remember that feeling you got when you first walked out into Valkram Dunes? Like the first time, not the 10,000th time, but the first time you walked out, hey man, this is a really cool place. Like this new zone, things got real hard. Now I have to start partying. And that feeling of adventure that you had to get from exploring. And we wanted to sort of recreate that um, without changing the game completely, right? So it wasn't, we can't create new zones and stuff like that. So the era plus mentality was not centered on necessarily rebalancing and rechanging everything but it was also a little bit about do things and go find new camps that you can't just go look up on the nearest wiki and say oh yeah just go here and then it plays the game for you is go explore and get that feeling again from era of exploration and discovery so that piece of the code and minus some of the specific changes that we have to do for administration is the only thing that's really proprietary Everything else, when we're coding, when, when these guys are coding the Blue Mage stuff, it's going to go up to either Air Sky Boat, if it's 75 specific, mm -hmm. or it's going to go all the way to Land Sam Boat, if it's actually still accurate to retail today. Um, the challenges that we have is getting things to the right location, because there's sometimes debate, especially with the era things. You know, we have old wikis and old references to go by to say, yeah, this is what it looked like in 2010. But all the wikis are showing modern data and modern retail tells us what's there right now. So it's really hard to say, yeah, this is what era actually looked like. So we have to go by sort of best guess and best research we can find. So yeah, most of it is open source uh, and non-proprietary. Yeah, so kind of to piggyback that. Um, so when I do my streams, right, and, and do, you know, that kind of stuff, that is always 100% on ASB or LSB, right? Um, and I have, you know, for me personally, um, it's like aspirin. Have you guys seen that movie Antitrust? You know, he talks about like aspirin should be free for the world, you know, things like that, like open source thing. I'm a big fan of that, right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, you mentioned the, the proprietary thing. There's a lot of good content out there, right? Um, that for one reason or the other, and, you know, not knocking whoever, uh, but they don't want to share it, right? Um, so what ends up happening is you get duplication of efforts, right? Going through, um, you know, building assaults as an example, or, you know, whatever, whatever system it is, or quests or whatever, right? Um, and you almost have to know somebody that knows somebody, you're like, hey, dude, can I, can I look at that? And then, you know, hey, if I give you credit, can I do this? And most of the time, 
you know, in my experience, I've been like, Hey, you guys have this. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, Hey, can I get it? I'll credit you. I'll make the modifications to it needed for the, the framework that we're running right now. Right. And then, you know, everyone will have it. Um, but as Samaras was just saying, you know, the, the challenge for me doing quests, which I've been kind of doing for you know a few months now, um, is that, you know, we do have to look back at the era timelines versus current timelines. Right. So where, uh, let's look at, uh, red mage boots as an example, right? I think it was like, you had to go into crawler's nest or something like that and go with and you had to bury your boots for a day. Right. So, you know, if, if you were up at 1150 and got it, you got them 10 minutes later. If you did it at five o'clock in the afternoon, you got them the next day when you got off work. Right. Um, so, but it's one minute now. Right. So the question that I was having and what we ended up doing to, to solve that, um, was what Damaris said with modules. Right. So I wanted everyone to have it. I wanted LSB to have it. I wanted private server over here to have it, you guys to have it, everyone to have it. Right. But for us and the 75 era, it was midnight, right? So not only did I have to write the quest, right? And I wrote the quest as current, right? Hey, one minute or whatever it was. But on top of that, wrote a module to replace that. If we run it, right? If we run said module, it changes it to midnight, right? But our basic code base remains the same. Right. So there's no conflicts between, in that instance, LSB and ASB. Right. Otherwise, someone would have to go and we're doing, you know, back and forth. Uh, do, which one do we want? Which one's right? You know, so it takes mm -hmm. that kind of guesswork out of it. Um, you know, and these are things that you figure out on the fly a lot of the time. And Shozu, uh, I owe a bunch of credit for helping me with that one. I think he's the one that was like, oh, no, you need to have it in this, this specific container um, to be able to replace it on the fly. So. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, you know, what, what it is. So a lot of module-based uh, change it like... Um, specifics. specifics. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the nice thing about the module system is the way it works is you can turn on and turn off. So if anybody decides, hey, I want to create a 75 era server and they choose to use Air Skyboat as the platform, they can take and they get all the modules that change it from 75. And if they're like, hey, we want to customize it, but we don't want to use this particular module, they can just turn modules on and off. They're like settings almost, right? So they can and they can take those modules again and customize them further. So if they want to change things completely, they want to undo one and use the actual retail version of it, and want to customize their own again, they don't have to go and reinvent the code. They just have to change the, or not even change, select the parts of the code that they want to use or not use and use or not use them. A good example for that would be home points, right? Home points, you know, to just bounce around or whatever, right? If I want my 75 server, uh, you know, normally wouldn't have them, I want them I'd turn it on right or I you know what wouldn't use that module I guess and that so it would in essence enable them you guys should actually because that's what it is on horizon just <laughs> accidentally turn those on for a little while uh no <laughs> <laughs> so like talking about covering that um two questions came to mind just real quick right so I watch Hookstar streams he knows I Thank do because I go in there and talk smack to him while he's streaming. Oh, yeah. And something okay. I found extremely interesting as someone who has no knowledge of coding or anything like that as far as this goes, right? Um, is you were working on assaults 
and you were trying to figure out the issue with, I don't remember which one it was, but it was rum, uh, rubble crumbling. And me and you were sitting in your chat talking about it, and you were talking about how like objects that moves, move are actually NPCs with health bars. And I thought that was like super interesting. I don't know why that was interesting to me. But that's something that most people that play probably would not know. Yeah, so every, and, and Shozo or Damon, they may be able to speak better at this, right? Uh, every thing has an ID, essentially, right? So when you walk up to something and it says, you know, NPC name, you know, whatever, Argus or, you know, Bison Buffalo, whatever it is, you know, that, that corresponds to a database ID, right? Um, they shift, which also is a pain in the ass, right? Um, but uh, anyway. Um, in the As database, a... their behavior. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Chosie. You, you probably answered. Okay. Well, I was uh, just going to in, inter, interject with: uh, ha, Have you ever been walking through Ottergon and turned on like All Seeing Eye? I, I know that's kind of a bad add-on, so to speak. But uh, no, but... none of us have ever cheated. Answer is no. We wouldn't use <laughs> something like that in retail. Never. Good answer. I, okay. I can I played uh, on console. I, I had none. <laughs> well, if you were to do that, what you would see is that every cutscene NPC, every object that happens like during an event, uh, everything is on the map 100% of the time. Like things don't spawn in, spawn out. Like they just they just receive updates to be turned visible or invisible. Uh, and then while you're in the event, like uh, they turn it visible and uh, it follows uh well they're called they're called motion schedules um they're basically just fancy animation terms but uh but yeah uh hook you can keep going there sorry oh you you threw motion schedules at me and now i forgot what i was saying no but uh you... so every npc has an id right and in the database there's um numbers right which when you first look at it you're like what am i doing like, honestly, like, what does this one mean? Where can I enumerate that at? What does this eight mean? Um, you know, but once you start working with it, you figure it out, right? So uh, doorways, as an example, in Whitegate, right? Uh, that assault we were working on, right? Those doors, if you want to call them doors, right? Um, it's an NPC, right? Now, its behavior, right, is dictated by either a Lua file or... In this instance, most predominantly and most likely uh, the SQL file where, hey, this door is always open. You know what I mean? So if it's scripted, right? So you have to, let's say you have to have a key item to open the door, right? Um, you know, in that specific MPC, in that zone, it'll have the Lua file associated with it. And then when you on trigger, when you touch it, right? it will respond with something. Do you have key item? Can it open the door? If, if then else, you know, type scenario, right? Um, whereas if they're not coded like assaults, right? For the most part, um, you have to go in after the fact, right? And walk up to this door because the zone is set up where they're gonna default to whatever the dump was, whoever got the, the file, right? Or whoever went through and got the dumps for it, right? Um, so they're set up and they're probably not right. And it's no fault to anyone. They just haven't been done yet, right? So you have to go through and be like, okay, in this specific map, because there's 
my understanding, there's different maps for assaults for some of them, right? This door might be open, this door might not be open this time, you know, so on and so forth, right? So you have to go say, okay, am I in instance one, two, or three, right? If I'm in instance one, which doors are open? If I'm in instance two, these doors, three doors, right? So what that then requires, I have to go on retail and try to capture zone one, two, and three to see which doors are open, right? So depending on how many people are doing that assault, which nowadays is nanana, right? Mm -hmm. I get one all the time, right? So in an effort to be as accurate as possible, we're not necessarily able to do it first time go, right? Um, and, a, and a lot of trial and error with that too. You know, I was working on one of the penguin ones, right? And they're separated, like the penguin matching one. They're separated by two different rooms, right? And the males, I think, are a little taller, right? So in the SQL SQL file, I have to go in and actually change a digit in there to make them just appear a little bit bigger, you know, because it's something you just can't. It's not a different DAT file for them, unfortunately, right? They're all penguins, you know. But you have to just change their model size a little bit. It's not as intuitive as one might think, right? So a lot of a lot of trials and errors, and you know, I, I'm sure. You know, Cal had mentioned, you know, in, and gratefully he comes on the streams and, you know, we chop it up for a while. Um, but a lot of it's just me, like, thinking through things. Like, how does this even work? Like, I have no idea, you know, and we're trying to piece it together. And and I think that's true. You know, everyone has their varying level of expertise, right? Um, you know, obviously, I'm the bottom of the totem pole, these two guys. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the collaboration that you know, that our team has is, is remarkable. Um, it's just awesome. I mean, I can ask dumb questions like I did earlier today, you know, and yeah, to get a chuckle, but within seconds, I had two answers that were not mean, right? They were pointed and, hey, this is how you do it. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly how you do it. And I feel like an idiot because I asked the question. I would love to hear about that dumb question because you brought it up twice now. Okay, so here it was. I was outside mowing my lawn today, right? <laughs> and I was thinking about... Okay, yeah, we have... Okay, we did. The the, the Horizon Adventure Assistance Program. Okay, yes. Right? So I was thinking in my head while I'm mowing my grass, do, 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 do. Um, did, we how do about, did we announce that yet? Can I talk about this? <laughs> That's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, that was a real story. Yeah, I can spell it from over here. That was on the last Vlogcast meeting, right? So I was thinking, I was like, if we want to do reward, if we want to do rewards or whatever, how we're going to play it, how do I, you know, anticipate, you know, giving these rewards out or whatever? And I was like, wait, I was like, retail has a direct treasure pool thing, vice. Like, so if I go into BCNM to help someone out, right? And, you know, how do I, how do I give them a specific item from a table as an example, right? And I was like, oh, wait, retail has a direct, direct, you know, drop, right? So you normally go into BCNMs, it's treasure pool and, you know, you lot, whatever, whatever. And I was like, how do I do that? I was like, they have a system for that somehow. And I'm like, huh. And then, so I got done, you know, grab a shower or whatever. And then I wrote, I was like, hey, do we have a system in place? Like I, I literally said, I should probably know this, but do we have a system in place, right, that allows direct drops to players? The answer is obviously yes, right? And then it was like player add item and then NPC utility give item. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I use that like 
all the time. Every, <laughs> every quest, quest, every single quest I've ever done has that in it. And I was like, I feel like an idiot, but thank you, <laughs> gentlemen, for <laughs> for giving me, you know, not giving me shit right out of the gate. They did later, but but you know what I mean? Not, now, so you know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now they, everybody's they gonna know. Now everybody who I'm gonna own up to that one that you deserve the shit. Yeah, he was mowing the grass. <laughs> well, I think it's these middle school kids, man. These middle school, I'm a middle school teacher now since I retired from the army, right? And it's brutal. It's like my start of my third or fourth week. These kids are making me dumb, man. It's right so now, hard. Right now in the house, I got a 15 year old, 14 year old, and a 12 year old. So it's like Dude, I'm. I'm I'm ruining their language. I'm like, for real, for real? They're like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I said no cap in class the other day, and I got a, I got a huge pop. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. So I got, I got, my two kids are 25 and 21. So they're like old, they're a little bit past that age. But I've got, I've got two grandkids, and they're seven and five. And like, they're still learning all this stuff. So I can still influence them. And I'm going to teach them how to be developers at some point. And they're going to hate me for it. Or at least their parents are going to hate me for it. I don't really care. That's that's the beauty about being a grandparent, right? You can give them back. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, you're here you go. Time to go home. Time to go home. Good luck going to bed tonight. Remember when you were 13? Yeah, I do. <laughs> My two oldest just graduated high school, so I get it. Speaking of fun, last time we were all on together, we were playing Jeopardy. Just wanted to remind you guys of the ass whooping <laughs> that you handed to the level sync crew. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because while that live broadcast was going on, Eric was posting answers to the questions that were being asked, but there was one person beating him and it was Xenofire. Xenofire was putting the question or the answers to these questions. And speaking of Xenofire, he has a question for you guys. Uh, and let me, yeah, go, you can say, uh, oh, because can we <laughs> expect the arcane flower pots working as intended anytime soon? There was talk about them not working as they should and due to obtaining them and price, they're a very coveted gardening pot. Sorry, guys, I gotta go. I'll, uh... <laughs> uh, I knew okay. that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what I will say is this. The, um, that is on my to-do list. It's on my bucket list, no pun intended. Um, I do want to get them working. The only known effect that the arcane flower pots I've had, I think, is that they give you some percentage of an opportunity to have double the, the ore output. Uh, yes. production right now it's not doing anything and it is on my to-do list uh but i've been doing enough things with gardening over the last month and a half two months now that i haven't looked at anything else um but it is on a once i get that gardening piece stabilized then i can go back and look at some of the underpinning code that does other things like when it calculates rewards if the pot it's coming from is an arcane flower pot here's a i don't know whatever 10 20 15 percent chance that you can have double the ore output if the output is some type of ore Yes, it is something we want to do. Um, no, I haven't done it yet. Um, and I can't, I'm not going to give any promises on when it's going to happen, but I will tell you that it's on my like list of things I'm actively looking at right now. So um, if I can get it working sooner rather than later, it'll, it will be something that I'm going to have to find a way to do in a, I'll say horizon proprietary way, because I don't have the data to show the retail accurate use of air cane flower pots. Um, we know it's something like that, but again, as we were saying earlier, this has to be researched and accurate to, before it can go to LSB. And I'm not, I don't have the cycles to do that. And I don't garden on retail. I hate gardening with a mm -hmm. passion. And he's uh, the one doing it. 
which by the way, I wrote the fishing contest and I've never fished on retail. I had fishing level four uh, before I wrote that. And I had to go through and upgrade my fishing to like level 20 or something to get the stat generators. Like there's an NPC you can talk to that produce all your fishing stats for you. I coded that. Had to like, I had to invest in fishing so I could write this shit. And I hated myself for that entire period of time. But anyway, um, yes. We were chuckling. We were chuckling. <laughs> oh, I know you all were, you bunch of fuckers. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm well aware. So yeah, I will tell you that Arcane Flower Pots are going to be a thing. I just can't promise you when, but it is on my radar. LTL got me hyped about gardening. Literally after the last episode's recording, I hopped off. I bought some flower pots, Nardic, not arcane because I can't afford them. I'm a clamor. Um, and then immediately planted and realized two days later I'm going to New Orleans and they all died. So I'm I'm off to a wonderful start. LTL, you did get me hyped about uh, gardening on that. Yeah, so. apparently you weren't the only one. Like after the stream, Ayama hit me up and she was like. I'm really thinking about starting gardening now. <laughs> and I'm like, sweet. I'm glad I got people interested. But the problem is, like, if you start gardening right now, right, Damaris? Like, there's a chance that it's just going to wilt instantly. And, like, you nope, can... it's fixed. Yourself. Oh, it's fixed. Okay, good. That because is fixed. I planted tw uh, 10 new uh, cuttings today. And I just remembered now that it could be fucked up. And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. please tell me I'm not screwed. <laughs> no, no, you're, you should be fine. Now, that yeah. said, like, like, like Shozo was saying earlier, that, that we come across these weird edge cases once in a while. And gardening has been one of them. So so here's the skinny on, on what's been happening. One of the things, and so you're going to get let in on a little secret. And I'm only going to tell you this because it's in the ASB and LSB code base. And we have not done anything proprietary on, on Horizon with this. The way gardening works on retail uh, is depending on what's in your pot and how long it's been, you have to examine it on a roughly daily basis. Um, that's not actually the case on LSB's gardening implementation because the gardening implementation does not track when you examine pots, only that you've examined pots. So there, it's very binary. It's either examined or it's not. And what happens is there's a series of stages that it goes through along the way. And every time it goes to a new stage, it resets the examined flag back to, nope, not examined. And then you have to do it before the stage expires again. But if you don't know how long each stage is, then you you want to check it roughly on a daily basis. And it generally has been fitting. And I think, I think this has been the problem with why plants have been wilting, because some stages last less than 24 hours. So if you don't check it within that cycle and it updates, all of a sudden you find yourself, yeah, I examined it just last night, but now it's dead. And that's, I think, that's been why. So I've changed a couple of things proprietarily to effectively say you have a 24-hour window. Um, as long as the next stage doesn't exceed 24 hours or something to that effect, um, then it won't it won't clear the examine flag. So that's your little inside secret on gardening. Um, so yeah, what what is also being fixed now though is until I figure out how the server actually tracks um, each pot to say when it was examined last. Um, there's nothing else we can do with it. Um, in the database, flower pots are just stored as another item in the inventory, and they don't have a unique identifier, which means I can't just say find find IC's 10 pots and do these things with it, because I have to go and identify it by the character ID, the location, in other words, the MogSafe or MogSafe 2. It's easy on Horizon because we only have MogSafe 1, and the, the slot that it's in. So which of the 1 to 80 in your inventory is it sitting in right now? And that stays static within your MogSafe. So I can identify it that way. But as soon as you move it, if I was to log your data, uh, I would lose the identifier as to when, like, with the spot was examined at this time last. So there's no way right now to embed it. Um, so I don't. 
You know, can I actually comment uh, about that? Because I, uh, yeah. I assumed that there was unique identifiers to the pots in some way because I had it glitch one day where my flower pots, roughly five or six of them, the name was like brass pot and then some sort of, it, it, it didn't look exactly like hex code, but there was definitely some sort of name at the, some sort of like maybe three or four like digits slash letters. Um, I wish I'd taken a screenshot or some video or something, but it, it, one day it glitched and my flower pots all had extra, almost looked like extra data on the end of them. I saw that. I too. wish you had taken a screenshot of that too. You, you saw uh, it too? LTL? That's happened to me as well. Yeah. Where it's like you pop in, like you look at your uh, flower pots and it'll just say, cause like I have all brass pots as well. It would say like brass pot and then it would have like a series of numbers after it. And each one of them was different because it like ended with a different number of the alphabet. That is extremely interesting. Um, and that's the first I've heard of this one. You see Coming the wheels straight. going right now. I'm looking up brass pot right now just to go look yeah. at the each one was different. Each one was different. It wasn't they weren't yeah. all the same ID. Each one had a different like yeah, my one goal, different yeah. digit. Yeah. I, so I won't say uh, result resolution on this one because it could be a number of different things, but it if if that's happening in the in the uh, in the name that shows in your list, there's probably a buffer overflow happening somewhere. If you have too technical on it. But I would say um so there's there's not an ID in the database for each individual flower pot. There's an ID code for a brass flower pot, and all brass flower pot flower pots are I think ID two sixteen or something like that. And that's fine. They're all that. When the system is running, so a bit of a technical piece. When the when the server is running, it's a file called XI map, um, and every group of zones is running its own instance of XI map. Um, when it's running in memory, it has every player's flower pots on that server, if they go into their mug house, it creates a pointer uh, and an object in the cache memory for that flower pot. And that has, it's not a unique ID, but a unique address somewhere in memory on the, on the server's computer. Um, that could be what's coming through. It could be something, some other piece of the, there isn't an extra piece of data that looks like hex um, that stores all the flower pots information. Why it's showing in the client is a little bit strange. So there is some things, but none of that is actually a unique identifier that would let me pull the data from a database and find that specific flower pot. So if somebody comes just, across just, it, listening to this podcast, maybe take a screenshot and share. Yeah, and post a GM or send a GM oh. ticket and okay. they'll tag me and... I'll cry a little bit in the corner in the fetal position, but then I'll probably try and fix it. So, so just two seventeen was correct. It, it that is the brass flower pot. Damn. Uh, in context, oh there are uh, right now twenty nine thousand six hundred ninety six items listed. So good job. <laughs> that was one, awesome. one of those is Gil. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I added the the last one is Gil. <laughs> yeah. It's only because which is which I, is what which one's Gil? Six five you know five three five. There it is. The value of it's the last uh, one. That's easy. Unsigned integer. <laughs> the maximum value of an unsigned integer. We had this conversation yep. on the stream today. I don't. I don't remember what the context was, but <laughs> that's a really odd Bin conversation. Binary, right? Dude, we were can't. What were we doing today? Uh, like waking the, waking the beast. Yeah, and we we. I was in like the first group. We tried to split because we had like more than eighteen. We tried to split into two groups to get two. You know, two kills for the LS. And the first group won, and then the second group was going in. So I'm just sitting there. And we just we were chatting about whatever, and that's why <laughs> the maximum value of an unsigned integer came up. Sixteen bit unsigned integer. Sixteen bit. We actually did come up with that too, because um, yeah. anyway, check the VOD if anybody's actually interested in that, that further. 
And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, then please put in a dev application and uh, <laughs> <laughs> come hang out that. with us. <laughs> but uh, you may or may not have a um, uh, a GM ticket in for this guy's flower pots. Uh, I happened to plant uh, a full grip of saplings mm-hmm. like a week and change ago, and they went straight from I'm not hungry to fed with no feed. So, so I'm resolving that one today. Awesome. Um, so yeah, just for awareness on that one, I did discover um, I can simply there's a there's a string of twenty eight uh, bits of or twenty eight bytes of data that gets attached to the flower pot in the database, and I've discovered how I can go through directly in the database and update the the you know the eighth character from the left and change the second crystal feed, or I can go to the sixth character from left and change the first crystal feed without updating the stage, without changing whatever. And it will, as long as you haven't harvested the items, mm. um, it will just carry on as if you fed that crystal normally. So Watch over I'll say this. about free light or what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm not giving anybody free light or. No, I'm saying no. Like he's got like if he well, plants it, and it's like double no feed, and oh, it's yeah. at the end of its cycle now. It's like potential for free light or. Yeah. I was I was hoping for a different or, which is why I put in the GM ticket. Oh, oh, okay. All yeah, right, I get it. Fair enough. Poor baby. Yeah. So <laughs> what what I have been doing today uh, is is going in, and anybody who has a ticket in and it comes over that that uh, no feed skipped uh, feeding cycle, I've just been applying the crystal as a thank you for your patience. Hmm. Appreciate it. MVP right there. No, it's only because I'm lazy. And the alternative is I have to go through and find all 125 people that submitted a ticket and take crystals out of their inventory. And I just ain't got time for that. So have a crystal courtesy of me. <laughs> You're taking the MVP part, not the lazy part. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also honest. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm hoping I'm hoping everything is resolved now. And again, it's one of those edge cases might still resurface and gardening could all of a sudden take a massive dump again. Um, I'm hoping not. Uh, It's not a perfect system. And again, this goes back to we we were taking a lot of guesswork at how the client handles things. And we're taking a little bit of guesswork at how the server handles things really, really close. um, But we may be off a little bit. Right. We know the data structure, but we don't necessarily know the, the logic and processes behind. We can just do it through observation. So this is one of those things where pretty short work and the guy that coded the guarding by the way super intelligent guy jmc morris um freaking brilliant coder uh and this is again just one of the edge cases that came up so this isn't a slam oh yeah he wrote shit code no his code is excellent uh but this was just one little edge case that came up out of it that we didn't really consider previously yeah and that's the testing thing i i know for me doing quests right and this is always one of those weird things it's like you know when i'm when i'm running through doing whatever testing right it's just me, right? It's just me. And I might have, you know, a second log on or a third log on, you know, um, to, to test something, right? But it is just, you get these weird things like someone will have, like, it'll break the server if someone has a light crystal mixed with this, with the claustrum, uh, and they try to trade this guy but have this quest flagged, and they're purple, and it blows the server up and you're like, what, how is that even possible? And like, it's, this is weird stuff. And then it gets replicated and you're like, how would I possibly have tested for that? You know what I mean? Um, and it's just, there's a lot that goes into this guys. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. That little chain there blew me away. I blame the Dragoon though, <laughs> since he was purple. 
You always but wait a dragoon. I've got another uh, community question that, oddly enough, is for Damaris again. And it's on the other subject that you love so dearly, which is fishing. Fishing. So, Discount Killer asks, will Inside the Belly quest be expanded beyond retail? Would be cool to see them add more fish to the list of what can be traded with the possibility of getting an item. Hmm. I didn't code Inside the Belly. Um, mm. So I can't actually answer that one. There's, so there's it's... Of... You got it? Yeah, well... I don't want to step on your toes, but it's the lick and opal silk and the guru whatever for the saber shoot right is that what we're talking mm -hmm. about well, i mean come on guys like <laughs> ibisu right i know i know what you're saying okay i've heard of this my fishing zero so <laughs> i think i think dk's uh, initial question was just like has anybody ever thought about expanding on what exists that you can get from inside the belly yeah, yeah. Oh, to okay. add like future okay. stuff to it and stuff like that so again yeah. I, I'm not, I haven't done the Inside the Billy quest, and I remember fixing a bug with it like a year or so ago pre launch, but that was it. So it's possible from a technical standpoint, and, and as, as Hookstar said earlier, right, we have this little code that we can put in Lua player colon give item or NPC util colon or dot get item, whatever the hell it is. We can throw that in the code, we can give a player anything from, from within a quest. Some of the quests, though, require client interaction like the actual game client to do certain things. And the client is non-negotiable. All we can do is tell it, do command number 74. Um, and it just does command 74. And we can't tell it what 74 is. We just say do command 74. So as long as the quest doesn't require anything like that, it is technically possible. Now, how and what we actually, if, if we can do anything we want with it, um, will we? I don't know. Um, that's we'd have to probably bash some staff heads together and and find out what exactly we want to do, uh, and I'm probably not really able to answer that one without <laughs> having somebody named Eric in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light safe. <clears throat> I think it was more so him just wanting to touch on if it's possible because once you achieve your Ebisu and all that, it kind of becomes yeah. a it's, it's a trivial right? point at that yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I mean, I can I can honestly say that one of the visions that we have for you know horizontal progression later down the road when we get past the um, wings of the goddess, what would have been beyond seventy five cap, and we start doing things at seventy five all the way to um, current end game, um, we're going to have to look at horizontal progression for a lot of things, and not just for your weapons and armor, but for things like fishing and crafting and all that kind of stuff too. So part of the reason I'm also hesitant to answer that is I don't want to take away from what the balance team is looking at to say what makes sense from a progression to go from, you know, an Abyssu to an Abyssu plus one. Um, why, why can't I just skip? Like, why would I bother going for a Lushangs first, for example, and then doing an Abyssu? Why, why not? Or, you know, why skip it? Maybe you have to do something where you have to do things all along the path. I don't know. Um, so there's there's a whole lot of ways to crack that nut. Um, some of them could be a lot of fun. Some of them might not be so much. So it, when the balance team weighs in on it, it's easier to have an answer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Chozo, I maybe, so Chozo, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't foresee there being any type of scenario where you could turn in a moat carp and possibly get an opal silk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's... <laughs> 
Uh, I'm I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one, uh, just in general of what we might have <laughs> in the plans for it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, as Tamara said, completely possible. Um, you know, I, we we rely heavily on our balance team and uh, our people who actively play the game uh, to tell us, like, you know, what 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 needs what needs doing. You guys ended up adding things to the pool of uh, clamming, and now everybody thinks they can just get new shit added to their stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> What's so I did I did clamming. Um... I adjusted some stuff based off balance team suggestions, I don't know, probably six months ago with clamming. There you go. <laughs> um, and I, I think I inadvertently put something in the wrong spot, right? So you would never get one. Um, but that was recently discovered and, and fixed. So Interesting. Fixed? Well, it's obviously not the rock. You put the rock in there, clamming's dead. So it's it's not the rock, but other than that, <laughs> doesn't matter. I have no idea what you're talking about. The, the clip looks concerned. <laughs> no, if you wrestling. put that rock in there, I'm never claiming again. The guy from wrestling, like the the rock. Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson. Rock Johnson. He's on the, hey, he's he on made the he made a comeback on SmackDown last night. Yeah, he's going to need a, a bigger clamming net. He's going <laughs> to drop the people's elbow on you while you're clamming. Like, is that what you're hoping for? I don't you know. You smell what he's cooking. And you yeah, smell yeah. what he's. It's not clams. It's the man. The Mandy comes out. That's your. That's your. That's your clamming incident. The Mandy comes out. It's actually a. We redo the dat, and it's the rock. Right. <laughs> oh, so it gets, gets your bucket. You get the rock bottom and the people's elbow. It'd be awesome. If consume live bees is watching this feed. You just got your new task. I need a Mandragora of the Rock. There you go. <laughs> It'll be there tomorrow. Watch. What, what do they call we're that? Gonna, a clamming we're event. Hop on to Jeb Jen. Yeah, a clamming incident. A clamming incident. Yeah. Between yeah. Mandragora, the Rock Johnson. Like the, instead of the chat, as it jumps into your bucket, it, all it says is, "Do you smell?" <laughs> and then he comes running in. <laughs> oh, sorry. God. Sorry. I was trying to go one episode, not talk about clamming, but there's gonna be there's gonna be some copyright infringement coming on here, and yeah. <laughs> you just just stored him. He'll be all right. No one'll know. It'll just be a little inside joke for people that watch the podcast. Most people will be like, "What the fuck is that?" You see what the rock is drawing. <laughs> uh, I've got a question I'd really like to touch on while I have, um, you know, three devs who've done some back back end work here. Um, and I know Shoza, you've in relation to Dynamis. Um, I know you've done some work in this department. Um, which okay so instancing we have say multiple instances of the vcnm at gideus um but i often hear it's very hard if not impossible to add more instances what is it about the way the game works that is preventing that from happening so i'll i'll start with a very basic uh a basic outline of how the server is structured in general uh as, as you guys are aware uh, some of our zones uh, exist on their own. Like they have their own process. All everything on that zone is its own copy of that. And the way that we connect that and stitch that data together is through uh, something called RPC, which is remote process call. Uh, we we send messages between these processes to synchronize the data on them. So. 
with that being said, uh, implementing new instances, specifically with Dynamis, means that uh, we would end up needing to uh, create RP like additional layers of RPC, uh, which also means that let's say you had. Uh, or actually, I'll give you a real example. I, I mean, we had uh, five or six very large link shells when Dynamis started opening up that would want to do the same same zone. So you have maximum capacity. That's all those people. Uh, it's all the mobs that have to be updated. Like uh, introducing new instances and the RPC that goes along with that. It would then begin to be like very intensive so we would start seeing an uptick in lag we would start seeing retail problems um it, it it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting subject that um zach too good uh has been working on uh for a while like he's got a lot of the groundwork there to to have a good system we recently moved uh to uh, what we're calling the world server, but the world server is like a like a post office. Like all all the letters go there, they get sorted, they get sent where they need to go. Uh, so that world server makes it a lot more feasible to do instancing. So so like we've got like say Gideus, which has I, I'm I'm gonna guess a number like four instances for people to be doing the BCNM. What prevents us from just saying now there's five is it is it a client well, issue they so the way instances work is not true instancing uh you you can actually see this on retail too if you, you use like a free cam mod or something uh every quote unquote instance is the exact same zone uh there's just like some have three copies of the battleground okay. some like uh some have five or uh, let's say you get sent to jail. I think there's like 16 or something there. Uh, it, it's all the same zone. So, so it's that they're in just, the same zone, but just like super far away from each other. So you yes, can't see exactly. the yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, it, That's that fight good. you were talking about where it chased your ass back to the mainland right. when you exited, right? Yeah. That was when we killed Oryu the first <laughs> yep. time. Yeah. Like we killed Oryu. And well, we actually didn't. Everybody died. Well, and I was the last guy alive. And I fucking hit the crystal to leave. And as Oreo is or Bahamut, it was Bahamut version one. Sorry, I'm leaving. Like I'm the last one alive. I'm leaving the zone. The crystal. I click the crystal. Bahamut's following me. Uh, doesn't get a hit off on me before I hit the crystal. I leave the zone, and Bahamut just keeps fucking going, like yeah. off the island. And everyone else in the party but me got the win. Yeah, because he <laughs> left the island. That's an unfortunate one. <laughs> there's um, there's cases of of those not instances but multiple battlefields within a zone, um, on almost all of the BCNMs. Um, and I'll, like and, and there's other examples too. And, and Hookstar alluded to this earlier when he was talking about like with assaults battlefield instance one. One of the ones I dealt with when I was trying to figure out the Diablos fight. So you know the floor tiles that fall on the Diablos yeah. fight, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what I didn't know is. So you know how there's you can go into the fight on retail and you have different floor patterns. Right. Like there's exactly three patterns that can that can appear on the floor. Uh, and what happens is if you if you and I'll do it on a stream some night if I if I get a chance to stream again, um, you can actually see 
uh, you can wall hack out from one of the battlefields and you can see the other three or the other two battlefields uh, and they'll be empty, completely empty. You can run over to them, you can walk in and you can see that there's nothing there, but the floor tiles, the three different patterns of the floor tiles correspond to instance one, instance two, and instance three within the zone. So when you register, when you first person in your party goes up to the shrouded maw and clicks on the thing and says, I'm going to do waking dreams, um, it, it randomly, or in retail, it randomly selects one of the three instances and says, go there. And that's how you end up with one of three possible random floor tile patterns. The problem we have with all the way up to LSB is the way LSB works is when it assigns, because most instances are identical. You go to Gideas or whatever, you get three different instances, but it's the same thing, just three different copies oh, of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, um, it just starts you in instance one. It tries to load you go. in number one. Yeah, there you go. You can see it there on, on Shozo's mapping, right? So that's the overlay of whatever zone that is. I think that's Shrouded Maw. That's uh, Balga Dias. Oh, Balga's Dias, yeah. Um, so you've got three different oh, I got copies. a crazy story about that one. Yeah. Um, so the Diablos fight, it doesn't randomize you. It just it automatically goes, okay, we're going to try to put you in instance one. Oh, it's free? Okay, you're going instance one. Oh, instance one's busy? We're going to move you to instance two. So that's why one of the problems we have on all private servers, almost, is that every time you go to do the Diablos fight, you get the same floor tile. I actually coded for this one a randomizer, so it picks one of the three battlefields uh, only for the Diablos fight. Is that recent? Because I've been in there a few times and I use, um, you know, the, the, what is it? The, uh, the seeing through stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm having an absolute mode. brain fire right now. Film mode, thank Film you mode, so yeah. much. And it's always the same pattern is what I've always seen. Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, after I did that coding, they actually updated the battlefield framework completely. Um, so that it changes how everything gets instanced. They didn't put a randomizer into it, but I haven't gone back in to reapply the randomizer. Because oh, okay. um, it's, it's, it's just a little bit lower in priority, and I'm not as familiar with the new framework, so I haven't changed anything with it. Is that one that's been updated to the new framework? It, probably not, because nobody ever seems to want to touch the Shrouded Maw, except for me. So, uh, and uh, I hey, hey, dude, I did... I did um... Well, what was it? The uh, E and M's. What was the uh, the, the snow Uligan range or something like that? Uligan, you yeah. can have it. Yeah, no, I did it. Um, that was brutal, okay. man. I, I I don't miss stepping away from battlefield development. I inadvertently went back into it. <laughs> I was trying to get out of it. <clears throat> I'll tell you what. That, I'll go code some E and M's. First... You can fix gardening. <laughs> all right we'll work something out <laughs> I, thought, I thought they froze the fake dc <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. i did it the other night <laughs> hey we've all pulled that plug out once or twice and yeah, yeah. this party sucks i'm out of here <laughs> rage quit um so one of the things that's come up um and i know i've talked a lot about it um on previous streams, I know you guys have watched them, um, but seems to be somewhat fixed now is the uh, black screen issue that a lot of people were facing. So, like, what was like, what was that like? Did you guys actually fix that? Like, what was I mean? Because it, it was a it was a launcher issue. Like, that seems weird. Like, how no, did we get no. that fixed? No, no, it it goes so beyond that. <laughs> like, life is life is hard when we talk about black screens, and we still um, don't even know. Well, I well we know exactly what it is, uh, but 
So I'll tell you, I'll give you kind of an idea of how retail communication works. <clears throat> Whenever you're connected to the server, uh, every packet you receive will be the, the client basically keeps, keeps count like that. They do that in order to, um, to kind of fake, uh, like a required response connection. Cause uh, if you know anything about UDP communications, they're completely unreliable. They can, uh, when the when your client sends something, uh, there's no guarantee whatsoever that it reaches the server. There's no no guarantee you'll get a response. None of that. So the way these guys went about solving that problem was implementing something called a sync counter. So every time a certain type of packet is sent, every time a packet is sent at all, the client keeps track. Uh, it's like, okay, I've sent I've sent this packet one time, uh, didn't get a response yet. Let's increment it, send it again. Uh, so whenever you zone, this is particularly nasty um, because that sync counter has to match up. There there are hard requirements in how data is decrypted and uh, and uh, hash checked, and if you're if if the hash of the response does not match because you have an incorrect sync, the client just sits there, like it does. It's like I'm I'm done. I will I will receive no more emails from you. Nothing. Uh, complete ghosted. But uh, so so that's actually something that. Um, none of the private servers knew about. Uh, it's com a completely, completely unimplemented thing for, um, for the code base going all the way back. So it's particularly hard to debug because, uh, let's say you have a single process server going on. Uh, the issue will never happen because you'll never drop a packet. So. When you go to zone, uh, your client sends out, okay, I, I'm I'm at this zone line. Then it sends out, okay, I want to log into the next zone. Send me the IP address of the next zone and all this stuff so I can connect to it. Uh, if you don't get that packet back, you'll never zone. So at that point, uh, if that packet is dropped and the server doesn't know, uh, I'm going to increment the sync value of that response, uh, then you become out of sync and the client can no longer receive any communication of any kind from the server because it's a known bad connection and you're going to DC. So, so go, ahead, go ahead. Elaborating on that, I don't mean to take over LTL's subject, but uh, so if you if that's what's causing the black screens basically failure to send packet and then it basically goes okay timed out because it's no longer a valid connection what was causing the abyss screens as they've been coined where you zone but everything you can see all the players around you but everything's black okay so i can i can i can hit that one too that's a that's a retail problem too and i'll tell you exactly why uh let, let's say uh, most people have that issue when they're using uh, using the add-ons for HD assets, and so this client is built against uh, 
uh, a 32 bit Visual Studio 6 or VC6 uh, runtime. So that means the maximum amount of memory that your client can, can allocate at any given time, uh, I think, is 4K or not 4K, but 4 gigs. Uh, so <laughs> to fix that, what everybody's been doing and what, what we've done recently with rolling out the new uh, bootloader is applying a large address aware patch, which means that uh, that the client can see more memory. Because what's happening is your your client ran out of memory loading the assets and it's literally never going to retry and load them. So you're you're just bonked until until you reload. And uh, uh, that that can that can be made worse uh, through through add-ons and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but with the large address aware patch, it shouldn't be and really an issue anymore. And we we ship that out by default now. So I wasn't was great. As, yeah, I wasn't as unlucky as LTL was on this because that haunted you for months, didn't it? Yeah. Every time and, I every time I warped from a, it seemed like every time I was in an alliance, we had done something, and we were finished at the end of it. Like either like if it was Dynamis, for example, when we warped out of Dynamis, sometimes I would black screen. And then if I hadn't black screen there, I was guaranteed that when I was D2'd back, I would get black screen. Yeah. Is that the same kind of situation where you're talking about the changes in the packets that you were talking about, where you're hovering over um, a city? Like I did it with Sandoria and Juno twice, where I was hovering over the city as soon as I zoned out, either on a Chocobo or not. And the only way to get is the unstuck or the teleport uh, if you have a warp cold drill on you. Uh, it's not the black screen. You can see everything. It's just you're a mile up. Yeah. So so with uh, transitioning between zones, I, I mean, we, we've had a number of issues uh, since the, the launch of Horizon. Uh, Got a lot better. Uh, I haven't had one of those in three months, like three, four yeah. months minimum. Most most of those issues uh, went away once once we finally implemented uh, proper sync tracking with with packets. So so with that, uh, one of the primary reasons of why because sometimes let's say you zone you black screened while zoning. I mean you you would end up at the map's origin zero 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 uh, because basically what happens is there there's a whole sequence of packets while zoning. Uh, and in those sequence of packets, like if you're not able to finish zoning, like sometimes you would lose lose the actual position data that you're supposed to supposed to have. So, uh, like like I said, uh, almost all of those have been completely fixed by this point. But uh, I, I mean, it's still theoretically possible to happen. <laughs> the the other thing that was happening with those was when the packets would come out of sync. So when you when you zone from one zone line to another, the, uh, every zone line is registered in the database, and it has X, Y, Z coordinates of where to dump you on the other side of that zone line. But it depends on where you're coming from. Sorry. So when you, you zone into East Ronfar, for example, and you're coming from um, South Sandoria, there's a thing that says, okay, coming from South Sandoria to East Ronfar, that zone line, use these X, Y, Z coordinates. What would happen was, it would sometimes register your previous zone as the same zone you were in. 
So you zone into East Ronfair from East Ronfair, and we take the XYZ coordinates from East Ronfair and dump them back in to your new location. So instead of zoning up at XYZ one two three, you zone in at four five six, uh, which is the coordinates coordinates that you should have zoned into going back in East Ronfair, or sorry, back into South Sandoria. So that's somewhere else in the map. So you would either be at zero zero zero, as Shoza said, or a point in the right point in the wrong map. Which is even more fun. Yeah, so that explains the Mog House zoning too, where you'd zone out of the Mog House and teleport in front of the auction house. Exactly. It's taking your data from the Mog House and going, this was his coordinates when he was here. And that then moving that that to Can that so just be house, a feature, not a bug? <laughs> right? The Mog House thing, yeah, that would be great, actually. Um, but like, I remember early, early on in the server and something that was taken away, I'm going to say taken away from us, and I don't know if it's being worked on or something that'll be fixed. I remember when we first started, if you left your Mog house after you changed your job, you would get the option or the prompt to make that your home point. <laughs> and that I know, I already knew that was coming. Um, but that's been gone from us for a long time. So what gives? Are we fixing that? Is that just like a hopeless cause or what? I just think no one's actually worked on it since. So it's one when we were trying to figure out before we actually, I say we, Shozo, actually found the, the well, Shozo and Winter found the, the packeting issue. We were trying everything to figure out like what was causing not just the black screen, but the random locations and blah, blah, blah. So all the things that we had changed, we just started rolling them back and undoing and fixing and patching. And one of those things was Moghouse exit. And um, there was something else in there too that related to Moghouse. I don't remember what it was. There was two different things. Oh, it was the um, Moghouse rental rooms. Um, all of that, we just ripped everything back out until we could finally get a lock on it. But there was so much time that had passed from ripping those things out to solving the syncing issue. Uh, we just haven't, we can't just repatch it. We have to recode it. Uh, and with all the other content and things, it just hasn't been on the radar. Um, and I, I don't know if it's something that we've said <coughs> we're not doing it or if it's just a matter of we just haven't had anyone take the time to put back in. And, and I'd be curious, like if, if that's something that players want uh i mean i'm happy to code it it's it's not that hard to do it just takes a few days to piece it out i just don't know if it's something that's um i don't want to say in the server's purview right now to actually look at but i, I, mean, I i'm yeah. happy to regenerate that if we're being honest like there's crystals close enough to any exit to the mog house and especially if you're like worried like most people post up in juno right so like if you're worried about the mog house exit like um home point i mean you can just walk down the stairs like 20 feet and click the crystal so it's not a huge deal it was just like I, all this talk about it i kind of knew that these things were related yeah. um you know i have i've been in qa for a very 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 long time um so i kind of figured out that those were related so i was just curious because it seemed like those two things were related so yeah. isn't, that yeah. a, isn't that a cut scene isn't isn't it a cutscene id yeah any anything that asks you to yeah. uh to input something is is technically an event that fires yeah so, so. I, I don't think it would be that i mean i can go it's capture them tonight yeah oh we've, we've already got them uh we just we yeah. literally just rewrite the code for it okay it's, it's, it's gonna, 50 lines of code i'm gonna extensively say please don't it's a quality of life improvement <laughs> i absolutely hate it when it asks me every single time i leave my log house if i want to set my <laughs> damn home point there 100 percent to do it after you change your job yeah, <laughs> yes, but, but it's still extremely annoying. Does it ask you if you do the mock house like uh, like the zone? Is it does it not ask you that, or is it just it's the... only when you change your job? Yeah, it, it should only do it when you change okay. your job. It okay, but it still allows you to. 
you should still be able to select a zone if you've completed that quest, right? Yes, yes. you can still okay. do that. All right, all right. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I'm terrified yeah. of it being implemented and black screens return. So, well, that's the other reason we haven't really done it too. Is <laughs> maybe if it ain't if it ain't broke, oh, don't fix it. <laughs> I, I've probably the entire time the server's been up and running, I've probably gotten five black screens in, in total. Um, I haven't had any problems with it. It's just fucking with LTL, so I'm okay with it. It just came out on my ass too. It, it he infected me. Yeah, I did. After it fixed for me. It started fucking up for Cal, and he couldn't he, he couldn't fucking get out of it. It was crazy. Oh, what happened to me too? And I was. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So before we move on to like a different subject, I have one more thing that popped in my head when Shozo was explaining the reasoning behind the abyss screens, right? And that's mm -hmm. ghosting. Everybody's been ghosted in a party, and I assume it's basically the same kind of area. Basically, lost Not a packet quite. from your character. Yeah, this is bigger. This is this is a much bigger uh, server core issue. So uh, I, I I've alluded to uh, all of our all of our zones are usually on their own their own process, right? And we need this we need this mail dispatch central to sync them up, right? So it is. I, I mean, that's a fairly recent advent of that working completely properly. Um, and ghosting is being looked into at like by some of the smartest people on the entire uh, private server community. So I, I mean, I, I can't really say that a fix is imminent, but I, I know that it's something that was found to be more prevalent in you know multi-server or multi multi-process environments. Uh, so it. It's it's being worked on. Yeah, and this includes not just so not just parties, but parties, alliances, link shell messaging, all of the things that should be central. And, and the two cent version of why this is problematic is there are I don't know forty, fifty, I forget how many um, concurrent instances threads uh, running of of the map server and each one of those has a different set of zones on it so there's one that has dynamis juno and relu gardens and another one that has you know whatever so every one of those if if all of us are in an alliance together the seven of us in this room and we have two different parties between us but we're all in seven different zones on seven different uh, instances our our running instance has to keep a record of all seven of our things and they have to match exactly so if something happens and i chance for the party leader to icy and it doesn't read properly on the other end everything gets broken because now you know ltl thinks that i'm the party leader but i've handed it off but somehow da is the one that received the party leader like there's a million things that can go wrong because it's not centralized. So the new world server, once once these guys that are working on it implement it, the world server will actually control um, or host all of the data for your party, and the map servers don't have to do it. When we talk about this world server idea, does this have anything to do with the transition from Linux to Windows? I was reading uh, Eric's comments. Okay. Yeah. Th that this is a core. Is this is a core be... function, like. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that right now, the biggest system. problem we have, the, the biggest problem we're having with running Linux is whenever there's a server crash, um, Windows produces a really, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because it's Windows. <laughs> Windows produces a really nice crash dump 
that we can look at and go, oh yeah, here's the error, here's the line of code, it's in blah, blah, blah. We have a running joke on the staff Discord that says optimized out. We even have a little thing, <laughs> a little, um, little bitmoji. <laughs> yeah, emoji for it. So what happens is on Linux, when it produces this crash dump, we're able to run the dump file in a debugger and say, okay, well, what was going on? But what happens is like, let's say my character goes to cast uh, Thunder 4 and Thunder 4, whatever reason, causes a problem. I go into the the frame that shows where I'm casting Thunder 4 and I go to see, okay, it says a character, a player is casting Thunder 4 and I go, well, which player is it? And it says optimized out. Well, I need to know whose player it is that caused this crash. Sorry, optimized out. Linux just optimizes everything. So the whole blessing of Linux being a really efficient operating system is actually a curse as a debugger because it it runs things so smoothly that it just it the way it handles the passage of data within its uh, memory space um, means that it's really hard to track. So all these crashes that happen, like there's only a few people that can actually read the dump logs, and even then we can't get very much out of it. So Windows, yeah, as much as I hate to say it, we got to go there. <laughs> wow. I was going to say the same thing. Don't wow. ever put me on the record of this of having said I like Windows. <laughs> oh, this is now all over the internet, and we're going to yeah. make a new meme. It's going to be your picture that you had from the uh, the stream, and it's just going to say under it, "I love Windows." Yeah. Oh, God. That's it. Well, he's he's like doing Windows. the the aliens guy like hand thing like this. So you just saying do it's this. Windows, but it's Windows. Windows. Better, it's better Windows. <laughs> You know, if we don't better make it, than Linux, will when this releases, it's, right? it's okay. I'm sure it'll be out there in five minutes. <laughs> I know yeah. with the um, development of treasures that's being worked on on the back end and everything, I was wondering if there's any plans to introduce maybe custom storylines, missions, anything specific that I don't know how much you could say, but anything that you're kind of working on that is unique for the treasure so, side of things. Uh, I'll take that one. Um, so, so at the top level, I can't say anything specific, but I will say um, some interesting developments have been made on being able to extend uh, extend the client a little bit further than what we currently have. Uh, I will say that uh, almost everything that happens within within the game world is an event, and previously we had very little ability to edit events uh like how events flow creating custom cutscenes all that kind of stuff like we that that's been an outstanding issue in uh in private server development for for a very long time uh, and it's for a good reason because uh let's say a cutscene plays uh I, I mean you're constantly getting uh up like packet opcode updates for what's supposed to be happening on screen like the server is spamming you with them. Um, so to customize those, you then need to fully understand the data structures associated to about 200 opcodes. Uh, and what opcodes are is they represent something that happens on the client, like whether it's show an NPC, uh, run a camera, a camera animation along a spline, uh, you know, anything like that. Uh, so being able to customize those has been uh, a far-fetched dream for a while, just because the amount of work. But uh, but we're uh, a community developer, Atamos. I'm sure you guys have heard of him a, a hundred times. He's he's one of the smartest guys that that I've ever talked to. Um, 
he's made a lot of progress on on reversing and making those structures available. So that then allows us to uh, make tooling around those. So uh, it's not a far-fetched dream anymore, but I will say it's down the line sometime. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thank you. I was I didn't want you to overstep toes about anything special coming out, but at the same time, if we can get a little um, possibility of expansion on there, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yep. So in line with that, I have a I have a question specifically for Hook, because I know he's been working on it, and he's been have, like I said, I watch his streams whenever he does. Um, what's the process like doing like all the capturing and stuff for TOEU for retail, and then implementing it to Horizon standard and and like the customization that you guys want to achieve with it, like what's that process involve? That's a really good question. Thank you. Uh, so it's involved, <laughs> uh, short. Um, so essentially, what what I try to do is I try to get onto retail, and like I said earlier, there's just so many different variables um, that can happen, you know, and so I want to go talk to this NPC. He gives me this quest and it's not necessarily always this linear thing. Right. Um, so a lot of times I'll find myself going and talking to the NPC six times, right. Just spamming him with it and then go and talking to his neighbor. Right. And then all these other ones, um, you know, for the most part on retail, you can go onto the wiki and say, okay, I got to talk to this dude. I got to talk to this dude and then boom, 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 right? And then every now and then you'll see the optional, right? On the wikis, right? Like optional, mm -hmm. talk to this dude, right? Um, so at what point do we make that optional or not, right? So I have to go talk to him, right? And I have that, um, I, I forgive me, I do not know who wrote it, uh, but the capture suite um, simplifies that incredibly, right? It will literally just tell me, it'll, decipher the packets and tell me what code, what parameters, um, if there's event updates, you know, what those are. So I can then take that once I've captured everything, right? And talk to everybody that could possibly do, um, trade them off the wall things. And if they give me a, a return, right? Cause most times you're just gonna, uh, like today I was doing the, um, uh, a generous general, um, the, the goblin cough hat, right? Uh, um, I've been wanting, to, oh, dude. I've been wanting to code these four. Noise. <laughs> I've been wanting to code these four quests for like three or four years. I swear to God, and I could never get a generous general to work, right? And it was on zone into the mines. The mines, yeah. Like for whatever reason, yeah. I could, I could never get it to work, and. I finally found where I was making my mistake at because I had the right cutscene idea. I had all this other thing, and it was something so trivial, right? On long story short, um, when you do a zone in or when you go like on trigger, right, and say I'm at progress one, right? I've accepted the quest, I've moved on, right, and I go talk to the next NPC. It's if progress equals equals one, then do this, right? And then it says, you know, progress events and then the event ID, let's say 74 in this case, right? Um, I was always putting that because that's the standard code for it, right? There's, I mean, there's a few changes, event, progress event, you know, important ones, things like that, right? Um, but on zone in, it's just CS number, 
And for the longest time, I never, I never got that. And I finally figured it out and I was like, Oh, okay. So this is going to, I'm, I'm sending this to LSB, right? So everyone can have them because I'm so happy about this. Um, cause that hat is so cool. I had it in retail and it was so awesome. A little goblin yeah. hat just running around. I, um, I, I kind of half mentioned this quest specifically, but just not by name on, I think the Frank episode, I, I forget there was a question that came up about adding new quests or something or quests that were in retail. And it was like, Oh, I think that one was like, Oh, seven or something because I wanted the hat. I specifically wanted the yeah. hat. So yeah, um, no, I'm glad so you're working I, on I that. Did, it's awesome. I did do a moral manifest uh, and submitted that. I think it was Topaz or Topaz plus one of the two at the times, um, but it wasn't in the same framework. Right. So we have a, a, def, a different structure that we use now. Uh, so I'm going back through. So again, when I mentioned earlier, I reached out to someone from a different server that had it somewhat right um and ask them hey heard you heard through the grapevine you have this can i take a peek at it uh i'm gonna you know hear my plans whatever i'm gonna give you credit and he was like dude that's awesome you're giving me credit for it here they are and he gave them to me you know what i mean um so there's some things that are, are different with it uh i believe they're still using dsp right as their core stuff so i had to go through and make all those modifications things like that um and we're testing it. I literally have it open right here. I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, so, pictures. Yeah, okay. But what I'm doing right now is in my, I didn't stream it today and I should have, but that's what I was doing. I was literally going up and I probably killed 30 buffaloes before I got a buffalo hide because there was none in the auction house on Ragnarok. Right. So, like, and then they drop like they're like two percent drop rate. So I'm sitting there with my like bearskin ninja, right, trying to farm these things. And I walk away to go mow my grass, as it were. And a buffalo killed me. It took like forty minutes, but it <laughs> killed me. Um, but anyway, so to kind of wrap it all up, it's LSB requires us to have, and again, rightfully so, all of the information. Right. And I want players to have the right information. I want them to be able to go to that optional NPC and talk to them and get that extra dialogue because it's story. Right. It's not just I think what a lot of people forget or lose sight of is like, I just want to get this, 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 that instant gratification thing. I just want to go get this. Right. But if you peel back, some of these stories are absolutely incredible, you know, between the cutscenes, you know, the little mini storylines into it that sometimes play into other larger cutscenes, you know, and if you don't have that option to go and get it right, then you miss out on it. Right. So for me personally, that's what I've been doing for the last six, seven months is looking at those quests. Now I literally have a spreadsheet and a pad of paper, right. And I'm writing all this stuff down from tonight. Right. It's all in there. Um, I went through and pulled every single quest, right? Because uh, we have a, a quest folder, a quest Lua, right? It's a Noom um, all the way down. Is this one an interaction framework? Yes or no? No? Okay. I'll go capture it and I'll, I'll code it and I'll submit it. Um, I think I started in Windy because I didn't want to do Windy. <laughs> um, you know, so I got Windy mostly done. There's a couple outliers, things that are kind of out of era, right? That I'm not going to do just yet because it doesn't make sense, right? 
Um, but then it's going back and testing it and making sure that the desired results are achieved, right? Um, now, with that said, the question comes up, well, do we do it for LSB? They want it now, like current, right? But the other half of me, right, is Horizon and ASB, the, the era stuff, right? So that's when the modules came into play. Okay, in order for this to be a one-to-one -one from ASB to LSB, right, to ha not have merge conflicts all the time, right, because ASB is midnight, this says 60 seconds, right? Create the modules, which aren't, I'm pretty sure modules aren't captured. That, that doesn't get looked at, right? Okay, so yeah, so <laughs> modules can come and go if you want them, right? So, but that, that's not gonna cause conflicts. Um, and then just testing it. I mean, I, I think a majority of my time, like it doesn't take me too, too long to write it out, right? But it's going through and being like, okay, I have my, you know, my two screens up here. I'm like, all right, I need to go talk to this person. I go talk to them, then I trade them this, right? And I'm like, okay. And then I have my, uh, my Heidi SQL and I can see, okay, it pro progressed me right. Or no, it didn't or whatever it is, right? And then, so I'll fix that and then move on to the next step, move on to the next step. And then I'll delete it and run it entirely again. And then I'll delete it and run it entirely again. So I'll, I'll go through this quest seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times um, and still have someone, hey, take a look at this for me before I push it to get reviewed. You know what I mean? Um, just because like I really want it to be as accurate as possible to be able to tell the story. Final Fantasy XI has done an amazing job over its 20 plus years of being able to tell a really good story. And if I don't capture that, right, and it's just point A to point B, you know, in this linear fashion, players are losing out on storyline. That's intimidating for somebody who's always been interested in coding. <laughs> Hearing that. Um, wow. It's not bad. It's it's really not bad once you like when I first looked at gardening, the, once you it's scary to get yeah. started, but once you get going and you see the fruits of your labor, it, it starts. Well, I remember right. the first time I looked at the interaction framework, right? So we're calling it. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I, I can't even read this. What is this? Right. And I probably picked the most egregious interaction framework quested possible. Right. And it had all these weird variables and tables and all this other crazy stuff on it. I'm like, what is this? Right. But slowly but surely. And, you know, the guys here have helped me. Uh, Abadiah has helped me a ton. Um, you know, there's still some folks that are like, oh, that's an interactive framework. I'm not touching it. <laughs> you know, I ain't going to look at it, you know. Um, you know, but again, that goes back to, you know, everyone has their niche things that they like to do. Right. And for the developers, for me personally, I probably speak for the, the other two. Um, maybe not. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it's the challenge. Right. I don't play this game really anymore. Right. Last time I logged on to Horizon was the night we did the Jeopardy episode and I came up there and hung out in the Relude Gardens with you guys for 10 minutes. I haven't logged on since, right? But my joy in this game comes from being able to provide you guys your joy, if that makes sense. Got Santa Claus over here. Wow. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so a lot of us don't play anymore. <laughs> We, we I, camp I, in M's and do dynamics runs for our joy, getting a new piece of gear. You guys yeah. are the ones making sure it right. works and codes right and see the joy in our face when we get that piece of gear. My, my That's highest why, character is level 42. Yeah, I think mine's 44, maybe. Dev party. 
<laughs> don't, <laughs> don't worry. I'm level Shooting's 50. around 40. There you go. Yeah. You guys oh, can Joe's sink. Is, Joe's 50. There, there we go. you go. Hey, so we got a death party, party to go, boys, tonight afterwards. There you go. I have to go. I have to go do the limit breaks. That's why I stopped playing. I didn't even get that far. Fair. It's fine. Um, I'll go kill this stuff for the mold and everything for you. It's fine. <laughs> but no, I mean, but going back to you know what I said earlier, uh, maybe it was when we were you know just chopping it up beforehand. Um, your guys' podcast, right? Specifically, right? It it brings so many people together. You know, in your last week's episode about the gardening and you know all the helm stuff, right? It was absolutely phenomenal because one, you were sharing information, right, and you were communicating it to other folks, you know, whether or not they wanted to do it, you know, it was on them, right? But you were sharing things. And it is absolutely fabulous because I mean I joined the team late or it was before launch, but later than most, right? Um and from what I understand, you know, expectations were blown out of the water. I mean just far and beyond what anyone possibly could imagine. You know, and it's from folks like you guys doing this stuff and you know, dedicating time and your resources to it. And it's, it's great because we can see the fruits of our labor in your guys' face every, every other Monday. You know what I mean? And it's great. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Don't get me emotional like that. Come on now, <laughs> we're not going to do this. But you said sharing, and I'd have a question from the community about sharing. <laughs> when are we going to see the ability for the uh, hardcore mode cosmetics to be transferable from alts to the same account? Who asked that question, DA? Oh, let me see. Who wrote? Was that a so, thing? Har yeah, hardcore, no, hardcore status is or, or being able to keep a hardcore character around long enough to get the the more cool cosmetics is, is kind of a unique thing. I don't know that there's any plans to to make cosmetics transferable, but I, again, I'm going to have to defer to other staff members like Frank and Eric for a full, uh, you know, what's up on that. I'm just kind of this is my opinion here. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us were involved in the coding of that one or the direction. So I think that was um, one of the pretty unique things that was added in. So. Um, yeah, but I, but I think shows was right. Like I, I don't know if there was ever an intent to be able to transfer it because of, I mean, the definition of a hardcore character, right? So, I don't know. I've never made it out of East Far or West Far in a hardcore <laughs> character. I'm Owen three, so uh, this definitely doesn't apply to me. But I, I died in the... town, dude. <laughs> I can I see the icon mine. being like a. Uh, predominant thing for them um, and the gear being used on another character so when that other character is actually showing off that gear they know oh shit they got a you know 75 hardcore as yeah. well so I understand where the question's coming from where'd you lose yours yeah so, so, I, was in town. <laughs> I got uh, I got kind of messed up on this one because there was a there was a bug early on in the server's history I know everybody's shocked here uh, I can see your expressions, very shocked. There was a bug. Uh, but I lost mine zoning aggro. And when <laughs> there was a very unique case where if you would zone back in, that, that mob would just come fuck you up constantly. And, and there was nothing you could do to actually get off of the aggro table. 
So, so. Oh, that was and Dusk then, and Mines. Like, if you guys yeah, remember that, the first few days, you you had a play. You had like twenty people just waiting at the zone, right? Uh, at Gusk and Mines to go get the magic and skull, right? Mm-hmm. And then like you'd go in, and then some idiot would just like run by, and you're like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop! And they'd run in, just get walloped, and then all of them would come running back. And then we're like, oh great, now we got to wait another ten more minutes. Everybody zones out <laughs> to the to the front of the mines, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was after we we had implemented at least at least one patch to it, but but it was particularly evil because when you let's say you completely zoned out of that zone, like for instance, for me, I was in South South Gustaberg and I zoned a quad app because it it was it was rough, um, and then I mean I was in I was in North Gustaberg for probably. Probably two, three minutes. That's plenty of time. Uh, I come back, and then I'm making my way to where the where Leaping Lizzie spawns because I'm I'm gonna go fight some lizards instead. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I, I I catch out of the corner of my eye after I'm very far away from the zone line, multiple big old quad abs <laughs> ready to ready to take their pound of flesh. And they put it on you, didn't they? Wrong neighborhood, <laughs> <Yes>. motherfucker. <laughs> cool. So um, we've been talking a lot. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for coming out. It's been awesome. Um, you know, we're just gonna have a few more questions here, and then we'll and then we'll get to the uh, to the end of this amazingness. Um, but the one question that we all wanted to know the answer to um, was, uh, you know, we were curious. Like, so you guys have done a lot of work, right? You've implemented a lot of things that probably were your ideas, may not have been your ideas, but implemented them successfully. Um, there's a lot more hits than misses on Horizon. Um, so, you know, for each of you, I guess, like, what you know, what's the pro- what's your proudest achievement, like, or or milestone that you guys have uh, achieved? You know, I mean, it's it's easy to say that you know it's it's X, Y, and Z, but you know, as a team, you can say that. But like, you know, for you guys individually. What would you say is like your proudest achievement or, or milestone working on the server? Wow, that's a one. <laughs> so I can probably tackle that in a couple of different ways. Just as a developer, um, as I can't believe I'm say this, as a developer, I think the the fishing contest uh, for me was a milestone because that was the first thing that I coded that I really had to put an entire system in place from start to finish because there was nothing behind that. So it required all of the core hooks. It required the Lua hooks, it required some database management, it required an entire new system, it required new packeting. Um, like I had to run everything from captures and all that stuff. So it wasn't just like, it wasn't just a quest. It was an entire system in the back end. And what that did for me was show me that despite what I think of actually the fishing itself, uh, I think when you, when you asked before the stream what the thing is I like doing, it's systems engineering. So it's not the the deep backend things that shows those working on like pathing and packeting. It's the game level systems. And I really, really enjoy that. So now I'm targeting things like there is zero work done on expeditionary force. There is zero work done on Mobla maze mongers. And I want to build those systems it's not that i don't care about the quests i i do and i will code those and i will fix bugs along the way but i have my head wrapped now around entire systems 
being incorporated into the game that no private servers have. Um, and, and that phishing contest, as much as it wasn't my, it, it wasn't the best coded, uh, it, it's very rough around the edges because it was my first one. But that was, I think for me, the, the milestone in just my own developmental um, or code development progression. Nice. You wanna go ahead, Chezo? Uh, sure, I'll give two versions of this answer. The The first version is the, the thing that I like most because I like weird things. Um, so I, uh, like a month ago, two months ago, something, uh, I found out that multi-slot lock styles do not work on any private server. And I fixed that because I am a big proponent of the tracksuit pants. And eventually, <laughs> I... I, I mean, I said it as soon as I fixed it. Uh, how about we get some staff pants here, fella? <laughs> and mm, not like the Nasomi track pants, huh? Maybe make you run a little bit faster. No, 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 no nothing like that. No, I, I, I just want to be able to lock style tracksuit pants again because my retail character always has them on. Uh, that and the Shadow Shadow Lord shirt. That was our calling card in uh, our link shell. But um, that kind of limits it. I, I think I, I think I may know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know. Uh, but I guess the real, the real version of that is um, probably the black screening stuff. Like that—that that was the thing that I worked harder than like anything else I've ever done in my life to 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 research because it required understanding like understanding exactly what the client was doing, and that requires reverse engineering it, and then reverse engineering the uh, uh, the MD5 and Blowfish algorithms on the client side to understand like okay, well why. Why are these packets not getting through? Um, so, so it was it was a lot of very frustrating work where where you would think things would work, but then just you know iterative. But getting to the other side of it, I think, was the cool thing. Nice. That would take a that took you a long period of time, and you got your ass kicked in the comment sections the entire way of people complaining about it, but you stuck to it, and I thank you because the end result speaks for itself. LTL can speak for it. <laughs> That's have, what matters. If the LTL is happy, signs. we're happy here. Exactly. <laughs> so I think uh, early on, we were all told and kind of came to a general consensus. Hey, we need to stay out of uh, the, the general Discord channel. <laughs> like, because you'll end up taking things too personally. You know what I mean? And it's like, start looking sideways like, hey, man, like we're doing this, you know, but anyway. Is it my go? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. I also have two things. One, um, and and Shoso and Tamaris, I'm going to clown on myself again, right? Um, do you guys remember when Evil Weapons were uh, doing a uh, weapon skill and crashing server? You guys remember that? Yep. It was a, yeah, I know you remember it. Um, so early on, I think so. It was very early on. I got the idea, right? Again, so I was doing. I was attempting to convert all the BCNMs over to Morris's framework. And 
when you call something by name, right? So there's a couple different ways you can call something, right? For an item, right? So if they're enumerated in the items.lua, you can just say xi.item.goblincoif, right? And it will automatically look at that file, you know, and get you the ID and you're good, right? So I had just started, I had just started retirement leave, right? So I was sitting at home, wasn't doing anything. You know, I was like, you know what? I was like, I am going to redo because, okay, so move back up. The items ID file is not, yeah, now you get to, now you guys I know are where you're going. going. Yeah. So the <laughs> items ID, it was only what people had put in, right? So uh, the goblin coif, you know, beast coin, gold beast coin. But so, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's 29,000 items, right? So what I did is I was like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to show these guys that, you know, I have the, the technical expertise to copy something to Excel and then copy it back into Lua, right? That was my thought process, right? So I take all 29,000, throw it in a spreadsheet, right? Format it all up, get it right, you know, boom, 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 boom. Like, hey, it's 29,000 changes to this, you know, whatever. Like, we, no one will ever have to go look up the item ID, go to items.lua, input it, find the right spot, you know, make sure all the, the, the formatting's right. I'm going to do it. So I probably spent three or four days, you know, going through scrubbing these 29,000 items, right? So as it were, there was a lot of things going on. The crashes were happening, you know, things like that. So it gets pushed, it gets submitted and merged. And then we did an update and then the server crashes, like evil weapons, you know. So it was, that was one of the earliest all hands on decks we could get, right? So me being newer member to the team, I hop up in the voice and I'm just listening, you know, cause all these dudes are way smarter than I am. And they're going through it. They're like, why are the evil weapons, you know, whatever. I'm like, all right, well, let's revert you know, increment backwards, right? So they do this when it's still crashing, revert this one, still crash, revert this one, still crashing. They revert items.lua and the crashes stop. And I'm sitting there like with my headphones on in my office chair, like, oh my God. I just took three hours of everyone's time and it was the items.lua file. And then I was like thinking to myself, like, how is that even possible? It has nothing to do, the items.lua has nothing to do with the mob weapon skill. That's an entirely different table, an entirely different altogether. And anyway, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's items.lua for sure. Who did this? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was 100% me. And I'm on the mic like, uh, my bad. You know what I mean? Like, how do I, I'll go back to it and I'll fix it and, and whatever. I'm so short. It was like little special characters, the mounts specifically. They had like the little uh, music symbols to them, right? And I didn't take those out. Um, so I think it was either Frank or Crit were like, hey, dude, don't take it so seriously. You're not a full dev until you crash the server. And I was like, all right. So that was the biggest lesson that I took away, right, from that. So that was awesome. Uh, but the real thing, um, that I think I've been most proud of so far uh, from what I've done is I've gone through and for the advanced job quests um, and all the artifact quests, I've converted all of them over 
to the interaction framework. Um, there were some early instances where people were getting locked out of getting sub jobs or not sub jobs, but uh, advanced jobs because they were again on this weird quest that somehow interrupted with this other one. Um, but it was because how the format was if an NPC, Carilla, uh, Halver, as an example, they, they are a focal point of so many different quests. Um, so I went through painstakingly went through all the jobs on retail, uh, captured all of them, leveled them all to 50 or 60, I guess, and did all the quests um, and then got those pushed in. So I haven't heard of any issues with getting advanced jobs or artifact gear, um, the quested stuff. Um, the coffers, are those are easy enough, right? That's just yeah. a single line. But um, so I think that was my biggest go me. And then maybe maybe this guy up here, I don't know which side it's on. Oh yeah, like, you had it right the first time. <laughs> that, that, that side, yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah, that that's a fun. That's still a work in progress. But um, again, it's going back to. I don't think LSB is going to take that um, because he doesn't exist anymore, right? But what my plan is to do is to have. Um, the Maris was talking earlier about a, a toggle, right? So there's a toggle. It's just XI. You know, if it's true, then run it. If not, then don't, right? Um, but this one's been particularly difficult because he has different paths, right? And the Warhorse footprints, right? Um, and Cal got a, a sneak preview of a little snippet the other day when I was working on um, uh, forums. So hey, he can share that, you know, if he wants to. But um, anyway, that one really opened up my ideas for my how to do tables, you know, all the, the points, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, in a month or so, I'm going to move on to something else and start over from scratch. So. And people can swing by the stream as well and be able to yeah. kind of poke and play around. For sure. Perfect. Well, this and has been, I'll, I'll okay. be happy when I don't look at gardening anymore. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're just, just waiting on those pots to be working, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. So Hook had his story about the uh, uh, the items that were crashing the server. I've got I've got the gardening snafu. You, by the way, did uh, did you see my post about what happened and why the gardening thing got skipped? I didn't. No, I missed yeah. it. This dumbass right here. Uh, when I was fixing the wilting issues. Mm -hmm. I put, I moved a part of the code around that basically says, once the crystal has been fed to the pot, just progress it onto the next stage and consider it as having been examined. But the way it works is um, there's there's an enum enumeration that says uh, the crystal type, and it starts with crystal none, which would be zero, and then one is fire and blah, blah, up to eight being dark. And I wrote, if the crystal is greater than or equal to none, or less than or equal to dark, then progress. And then I went, why did I include greater than or equal to none? Because what that meant was, as soon as it hits that oh. stage, if there's no crystal, progress. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was in the middle of Germany and I was reading code on my phone. And I'm trying, like, and I'm seeing all these tickets coming. I'm reading this thing on my phone. And I'm going, and I saw that greater than or equal to sign. Oh. 
And like it was like two o'clock in the morning, all the guys in the room were sleeping, and I went, "You fucking idiot!" <laughs> and like <laughs> the guys woke up and were like, "What's wrong? Nothing. Just shut up and go to bed. I'm pissed off." <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's we, but it's little it's little things like that. You know what I mean? Like a, a greater than sign. You know, or like you know, I don't even want to talk about null pointers. You know what I mean? Like it just well, fix more of those. We've actually gotten to the point where now this is we we've done this every stream, every one of our podcasts we've talked about now glitch fest, and now might be the best <laughs> glitch fest we've ever had because we have yeah. three people directly here that can be able to kind of either talk about it or be able to share their glitch fest as well. So I'm going to ask the guests: Do you have any glitches that you've come across recently, even though you haven't loaded up a game that you'd like to be able to talk about first? Recently. If not, uh, then we I'm pretty sure some or, of the other members. Or at any point, just something that, you know, oh. while you were devving, something ridiculous happened, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and something that you might not share in, in another, you know, situation. No, I definitely have one. I definitely have one. I was fixing a bug report, and this was on previous server. This wasn't on Horizon. Uh, but this was one of those early things that I, I screwed up on and I learned from. Uh, and it was at the point... I was doing two things at once. I had fixed two bugs. One of them was Diabolus's nightmare uh, not working properly. And I'm talking about both the avatar Diabolos, the prime avatar, casting nightmare on your party and putting you to sleep and still doing damage and not waking you up, um, as well as the summoner's pet Diabolos um, not putting mobs to sleep properly. Uh, but you can still damage a sleeping mob and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, there's, so I fixed that. And there was some logic in whether or not something should wake up and whether when you do certain like invisibility and, and sneak wear off, blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, and I can't remember the name of the ability, but there's camouflage that the rangers have. And there's something else that has to do, I don't remember the ability, depending on how you're aligned with a mob when you take your shot. Um, anyway, um, I had coded those two things at the same time on two different pull requests. And... I didn't actually consider that the two of them would ever look at the same piece of code somewhere along the way, and they did. And when the server came back up live, because I never test everything together, I just did each one individually. When the server came up Send live, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had uh, I tested one and I tested two, but I didn't test one and two. Decoy uh, shot. The server came live. Sorry, yeah. it just came to mind. Yeah, I think that was it. That was it. I think it was decoy shot. Um, there was like. Uh, people who ran no rangers were able to use the ability and like diablos was just like putting people to sleep like it, everything got so gong showed and i went what the hell and they had to go in and completely fix my logic because there was like two of the lines of logic interacted with someone with each other when they got merged together and they completely broke everything uh and like people were like able to use decoy shot and it wouldn't take off sneaking and viz or something like that and it was just like oh god uh, I'm gonna die. That was and that was I think the first like major incident that I imposed on a server where I was like, oh fuck, exactly as Hook was saying earlier. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get okay. tired on day one. We got to see the other side of a glitch fest, yeah. <laughs> not just us seeing it, but like what happened on the coding yeah. side of it as well. Yeah, for me, the items Lua was a big one. Like, but that was a, a a positive learning experience, right? And granted, it, luckily it only took a couple hours, but I took a lot away from that. And I took away that our community is awesome. Like our, the group of devs and, you know, they were all like, you know, Damaris hit me up was like, Hey dude, it happens to everybody. Frank hit me up. Hey dude, it happens to everybody. I've done it 20 times. He said, 
You know what I mean? Um, Frank does it every, but, every PR he puts in, though. Yeah, 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 something, yeah. I love Frank. Like, there's some stuff. We were talking about balance team earlier, right? And we're, I don't know, last week or whatever, two weeks ago, something like that, there were some BCNM changes on something, but it was for every BCNM, right? And we were talking, and he's like, all right, I'm going to start from this, from the bottom of the list, and I'm going to start from the top. And I'm like, all right. So I get through, like, Bogus Diaz or whatever. Right. And that's like 12 BCMs. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing this. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this right now. You know what I mean? Like, go through each one of them individually. Um, and I was like, you know what? Let's just give it to the balance team and, you know, send it and give it to the balance team. Let them figure it out. Right. And uh, obviously not. But um, no, but my biggest one, I think, minus the items.lua, um, again, referencing back to the uh, artifact stuff, right? The artifact quests. Um, I think it was paladin shoes right which arguably is the best you know i think it's a shield skill plus 10 on those right um so that they're like they're like the bee's knees right and i did the quest and everything was but it got pr'd it got merged it was in the update you know everything was good it'd been checked by everybody whatever and there was something i misspelled something right and what it did was it just caused the entire cutscenes to loop back and you couldn't turn it in. And it was just loop, 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 loop. And I'm like, I did this right. Like, I don't know what happened. Like I did it 30 times on my local before I shipped it. Problem was, and Damaris helped me on this. I, when I started, I was doing coding in Notepad++, not Visual Studio, right? Not Visual Studio Code. And on top of that, I had every bug I wanted to fix. I downloaded a new repository, built the server, right? Um, and that was my quote branch, right? Now it's a lot more smooth. I have three repositories, right? ASB, LSB, and Horizon, and that's it. And then I, we we got it worked out, but it took me forever. Um, but yeah, but but. I was so proud about that Paladin one because that was the first one I did. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, it's it's good. And then I'm, I come back from work and I get like 30, you know, DMs or whatever. And it's like, bro, you got to fix your Paladin thing. It's it's fucked. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so sorry. Something about the Revival <laughs> Root getting traded. I think that's what it was. It was, I had Revival Root written, like excited items at Revival yeah. Root. And it was like Sprig of, or something. I don't know. It was something weird, but... Shoza, uh, so where, where the I hell casually. Are you showing us? What are you showing us there on your stream there, Shoza? What is this place yeah, that you're at? I was like, going to ask that you have a glitch. You were zooming. What's going on here? What is this? Hmm. So <laughs> this is glitch fest, and you're showing something. I don't know what it is. What is it? No, I mean, I, I've never seen this any is... of this zone before. What this... is this place? This is an early development map that is still in the client that was never put to use. There are a number of zones like this. Uh, Some of them were used in the original marketing materials uh, for the game, like before the actual zones that they were shooting in were ready. Like they they just created like temporary zones uh, in very initial release game, uh, or very initial release marketing materials is what they use those for. But this one specifically, not a character selection? 
No one knows. <laughs> Does it have a name, I, or is it just like Matt? No. Is there one or something? Yeah, it. So this is so hidden in the client that you have to specifically be in like rooting through files to find it because it, it is not mapped to a zone ID. It's doesn't have a name, um, which is interesting because every file in the client is mapped through the F table, uh, which is a, a giant index or dictionary of every, every item model or asset in the game. I find this map particularly cool because it has a train. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really cool. So, like, just out of curiosity, and I know we're on to Glitchfest, but, like, looking at this, if you wanted to, not saying that you're going to or that you've worked on it, if you wanted to, could you potentially make this an actual zone? So there is a problem with that. In the actual game client, this, this zone has no collisions. Uh, it is separated, like this interior here is a completely separate uh, file, uh, map file from everything out here. Uh, I get why, everything out here is very big. Uh, they they have not written any, or, like there's no lighting information for it, so when you zone in this, it, it's just anything that's immediately around your character is all you can see. Uh, there's no, you can't see off into the distance or anything. You can't move anywhere unless you're no clipping. Um, like, it, it's very, you can't really access it. Uh, if our tooling were better and we were able to add collision and add some of these missing items, yes, we we could. But uh, I, I just wanted to, to kind of fly around it here because this is one of my favorite things that I've ever found in the client. This is super because it, cool. Like, I don't think people have ever seen this. I know I've never seen this. Never seen I've it never in a video. This. I've never um, seen it either. Like, this is really cool. The glitch fest there thing wasn't ever implemented. <laughs> That's what the glitch, the glitch is. There is a short section in uh, an old Ashen Bubs video where he explores this zone in Gnosis, which oh. is. Uh, it's not as detailed as this, <laughs> but I I like Beautiful. it. Beautiful! Wow! Holy mm -hmm. crap! Like first view, people of like you know, unless you watch an old Ash and Bob's video, this is awesome. The, the yeah. city was shared a little bit around like the forums like a few years back, but I've never seen I've never seen it actually like walk you know flown around in like this, and I've never seen the zone the zone area. It's like a defending siege kind of thing. Mounts on the wall and everything. You got the battle of the like armies on the outside. The Roman Empire coming in. You know something like Lord that. Lord of the Rings style, man. Yeah, Helm's Deep. Style, yeah, <laughs> some full scale ballista going on here. And then the train yeah. had like cannons. Imagine like one k people ballista here. <laughs> yeah, definitely have like the airship vibe. You know what I mean? Like the um, from like uh, thirteen, I think it was. Was that the, the one with like mm -hmm. lightning and whatever? Yeah, that's yeah. the opening yeah. cinematic, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the train, the train is almost the exact, uh, or almost exactly similar to a few of the train models in Final Fantasy VIII. Like, I, I know it's kind of hard to make the jump because those are rather, rather low poly, but, uh, but the the theme and style is very, very similar to that game.
we're all wow. like this. <laughs> yeah, we're all. I mean, like, I've been looking into like, this it. This is awesome. Started going in there. I'm like, this is amazing. If there was a train, it, it had to lead somewhere. I'm gonna put a disclaimer: yeah. if you are listening to this, you may want to go look on YouTube at this timestamp. Highly recommended. And, and look at this. True. Mm-hmm. Make sure you uh, subscribe too. <laughs> I'm there you go. You heard it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep staring at this, and we we got to keep keep progressing here. <laughs> you know, um, you could also like the video. Just just saying. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. So- it doesn't cost you anything to hit that like button, so make sure you slam on it so we get a higher rating on YouTube. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh to bring you God. more content like this. <laughs> All right, other three gentlemen, the regulars, the hosts, Cal, um, Quetch, LTL. You got any uh, glitches that you've run into this week? Sounds like Cal's got one. I haven't. That's what I was going to say since the Promathia one that I brought up last time. Nothing. The only thing I have is I've noticed an increase in ever since there was the fix, I've noticed that there's been an increase in how kind of fucked up parties get. Um, like yes. you have to zone to like reset the party list and like it'll look like somebody's ghosting, but it's not. You just have to zone. Like that's a known thing. Are we working on that? That that is so, being worked on. So a lot of a lot of the party stuff has been kind of curtailed in, into into working order, but but yes, there there are some residual items from moving because what we did was we we rewrote, rewrote or kind of moved some of the uh, functionality onto the world server to to start that process of migrating into that stuff, or into using the world server entirely for it. Um, so I, you guys are hyper aware, I'm sure that at first it broke everything and parties were non-functional basically. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, you but it didn't like kick anybody out of a party. You couldn't change leads. Like yeah. it would screw up yeah. the entire alliance. Yeah. Yeah. But most importantly, so, we got to talk about DA's, uh, blacklist. Like what happened with that? Yeah. <laughs> do you have an answer for that shit? <laughs> no, well, before, I don't. <laughs> before we get there, hold on. Before we get there, like okay, I do yeah, have an ahead. actual bug that happened regarding this party thing. Um, so get ready to put this into Jira voice. Um, so um, I was doing Eco Warrior Sandy. I think Cal was even there for this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a full alliance, and I had invited somebody that didn't accept the invite, and they were standing right next to me. And I filled up my party otherwise with other people that I invited. So there was still a pending invite out to one person who hadn't done anything. He was standing right next to me. So I teleport Hala, my group, who's standing right next to him. And as it's flipping, like as we're loading or right as we're about to load, he accepted the invite and it kicked offline the entirety of the other two parties. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is interesting. It disconnected all of us. Yeah, all twelve other people got disconnected. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, in, yeah, I've seen it where if you send an invite, right, um, like you're forming an alliance or whatever, and then someone doesn't accept, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go grab so and so, right, and then they ex- they come back and accept it, right? You'll have seven, and it throws off the party, like it shifts down some. Yeah. Um, I believe for the longest time, the fix for that was just to change the party leader and then you you're change the party leader back to yourself. You just change party leader to yourself. Right. Um, I know there was, there was some, some other thing that happened where it would, 
it certainly wouldn't boot everybody. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard of that. But yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, it absolutely kicked all twelve other people offline, and the person who accepted the invite that wasn't ported with you. Ported with us. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, what I can say. One of these to keep in mind is um, a lot of these very core functions are handled at the LSB level. LSB itself doesn't run a server. So part of the reason we have a really good relationship with Lance Ambot is because we have a user base of two plus thousand active players in any given time. And all of these types of problems don't come up when even the LSB guys do testing with two or three people because that's what they have on their team. So we get to feed them a lot of these challenges. And it was funny, like there was another issue that came up earlier. I won't get into the details of it, but um, it involves link shell messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a crash that happened on one of the servers and I was going through the crash dump and Winter Solstice, I, I pinged him on it. And he immediately was like, I hate you because you pinged me on this issue because now I can't stop thinking about ways to solve it. So. <laughs> But these things don't get to the LSB devs until a server actually can feed them up. And we have more opportunity to find those problems, which means we have more opportunity to resolve them. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, We don't want these crashes to happen. But at the same time, it gives us the opportunity to either we introduce or allow the LSB devs to introduce um, some stability and fixes into the server that they wouldn't find otherwise. Um, So that particular party bug um, is going to get addressed because Winter and I forget who else, I think Zach, are working on that thing, along with a few other things to transfer all of the messaging services up to the world server so that we don't have mismatched and broken pointers and we don't have all this data that gets corrupted. It's all in one centralized location. Gotcha. Well, okay. Yeah, and I, I assume because hear that. <laughs> I, I thought about it after LTL brought up the party thing. The uh, I have noticed now what every time I go to use the auction house, it'll throw a search failed message quite oh, often. That's different. we were just um, <laughs> okay. So search server is a different server than the world. So there are four services, well, three unique ones, and then the map server that has its own instancing. There's about 40 copies of map running. The other three servers, the login server, which obviously handles when you connect to your lobby and all that kind of stuff. The world server, which handles all of the overarching functions. So it's going to handle conquest. It'll handle besieged, um, like the when the mobs are moving, all that kind of stuff. It'll handle all that tracking. All of the global functions that are map independent. Uh, and then the fourth one is the search server, which handles um, queries for uh, I think it even handles things like who's online, uh, who's mm-hmm. on the auction house, like all of those types of searches are going to be there. So if that happens, usually the search server has gone offline. The siege confirmed. But <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. Search... They mentioned that. That wasn't but, new news. I know. I know. The, the, the cool just... thing about the search server is that can be hot reloaded, right? Yes. That, that can just, you know, if it crashes, whereas like, and it's pretty quick. It comes up pretty quick. You know what I mean? And then it just goes back through. But um, yeah, you know for sure, but yeah. I think it's actually on a um, a cron function that will actually just restart it if it goes yeah. down. I know it used to be on Windows, and it will be on Windows if it goes down. It'll be run as a service, so it'll just restart. I don't know if it currently is doing that. I would assume so, since when I can when I do it, it'll do that, and then as soon as I back out and re-enter to like search for an okay. item, okay. it fixes itself. It fixes so I assume it, you yeah. have it automatically doing it. Yeah, and search literally takes like one second to load. Yeah. Unlike the map server, which takes forever. Good lord, I used to think that uh, when you built it in like debug, 
because I used to build and debug all the time, right? And that took forever. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a you know, prod or whatever. No, it still takes like five minutes. Yeah. Like even I got a pretty decent setup and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm a local doing 40 threads. It's it like, takes nah. a minute. It takes a minute, fam. <laughs> Any more glitches from anybody else? Open floor. I had a okay. I I will I will say uh, that my favorite glitch was when we destroyed magic entirely, myself and Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Destroyed it entirely. You say yes. Um, I well, (laughs) when we first introduced, like when the when the server first came online, uh, there were. There were a number of differences in magic from from how it operates on retail. Retail has has a a pretty extensive set of rules. Like magic is quite complex. Uh, there's a lot of exceptions for for certain things, um, and a lot of that information wasn't fully mapped out even for retail. So uh, right as the server was launching, uh, one of our community members ended up going through and and doing a huge amount of testing to figure out like some of the, some of this data uh the dude the dude's solid <laughs> that's that's the, the least i'll say about him but uh frank and i ended up going back through and rewriting a lot of uh a lot of stuff around it to implement those those newly found things as well as fix some of the more treacherous bugs that existed at the time like uh, bard songs were pretty broken uh, early on, but um, what we effectively did was make it so that everything resisted at least half all the time. So mm-hmm. people weren't weren't real happy about that. <laughs> but uh, the good old days. <laughs> play the whole game on hard mode. Yeah, oh, for real. <laughs> Again, I didn't make hardcore out of West or East Ronfar. Please don't yeah, make it harder. I'm on three but, three COP. I get messed with the entire time by the level sync crew. No more difficulty, please. Well, let's right be now. honest. If you if you rolled a warrior on day one and you went and got that axe, that great axe, you were hitting things for like three hundred at level one, right? So, you know, there were some concessions. <laughs> I didn't take Kinda. advantage of any exploits. I Sorry. mean, if you got like a clothes pole on day one and went fishing, you know. Yeah. Memory is on that. There's a wound there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I would it's say. It's a little deep. <laughs> that concludes Glitchfest. We have one more thing to be able to discuss. And we brought it up at the end of the last episode. We have a little bit more details, not the finalization on these uh, yet. But Extra Life is the month of October. So the Level Sync crew is going to be basically running a both on the Level Sync channel and our own, own channels some streams, and we're going to be raising money for a children's uh, miracle network. In fact, we picked uh, there was only one hospital that we could pick uh, from, and it's actually based in Honolulu. Uh, due to the fires in Maui recently, we chose that as something where we could try to contribute something out towards that direction. Um, I know it's not the exact island. We did. We looked. Yeah, we looked. We tried. We, we did tried. our best. <laughs> we got close. So uh, we're going to be doing it for the month of October. We've actually decided on a 24-hour level sync stream as well. We're each going to be taking a six-hour rotation. 
And I believe we decided October 22nd into the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we will be doing a 24-hour stream on the Level Sync uh, Twitch channel. Uh, it's Level Sync Podcast. If you haven't followed it already, it's where we actually did our episode 10 live recording. We'll be rotating on there every six hours all the way into the Monday. We're now we're also going to be kind of running maybe our own streams on our own channels, but all of our money is going to be uh, compiled and one donation link to the Children's Miracle Network. More details on this will be coming out shortly, um, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit more of a heads up. We'll get more times when it comes to that uh, 24-hour stream as well. There's also a few incentives um, that I'm definitely looking forward to being able to share. Go ahead, Quesh. I just wanted to clarify the, the date. So it would be the 21st into the 22nd. So the Saturday, um, you know, uh, I think noon is when uh, I'll be starting my shift into noon on Sunday, the 22nd. So that's all I wanted to say. Perfect. We'll have a few incentives in there. I think one of them is uh, I've already created two for myself personally, where um, I'll shave my head on one of them. And the other one is a nonstop 24 hour clamming stream just clamming for 24 damn hours straight. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I love clamming, but I, I'm coming up with other ideas and I'm pretty sure the gentle, uh, the guys on the podcast will also come up with some ideas to be able to uh, try to encourage to raise money for the kids. Um, but this will be for the month of October is when it'll be starting October 1st. So we're about halfway through September now. Um, but I definitely wanted to thank uh, the gentleman for coming on the uh, podcast here, uh, Demarius Hookster and Shozu. Shozu. <laughs> Close. <laughs> so, some, so I, I will say that uh, I have received the the full gambit of mispronunciations in my lifetime. Uh, Sorry, you're close, buddy. I called Paladins, <laughs> Paddlins, and Gil Guile for the first like three years I played this game. Paddlins. Do you want to know, know why he calls me Cal? Because he can't say Caladrius. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, listen, I've been on this team now for a year and a half, and still nobody calls me Damaris. It's Damn. Damaris. Damn. Uh, damn. It should be Damaris. I, but, I can't oh, wait till yeah. DA calls Shozo uh, Shinzu. It's always damn for me. I'm trying to do this. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks for coming Thank on, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, from the Level Sync uh, crew, we appreciate you being here. But thank you so much, and we will see you in the Mystery Zone at some point in time when it gets implemented. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Peace guys. Peace out, everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks.